Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and anything in between, welcome to Just a Ride, Just a ride. number thirty-three. Yay! It's a Larry Bird. It's, it's a Larry the, Bird. It's Alonzo Morning. It's the Patrick Waugh. It's the Frank Robinson. Huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, those are all humans, I assume. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was number 33. They're all number 33. Larry Larry Walker, Mike Piazza. That's exactly how many beers I need to get drunk. <laughs> if it's light beer. Light beer. Exactly. So now, now that exactly. we've associated our show with sports ball, uh, hi. How's everybody doing? Doing good. We got a special guest today. We do. This is Two weeks in Jennifer row. McKenzie, also known as the Keto RN or Ketogenics on uh, Instagram. And also my sister... That's that's the main thing. No, that's, me. <laughs> that's it. Hello, everybody. Yay! So, We're excited to thanks talk for to you. Having me. Thank you for being here. I am Bear Bear. I am the Poobah, and I'm the Peebah. And she is also Fur Bear. Fur Bear. I was growing up. That's hilarious. <laughs> that is so funny that you guys are both so bears, funny. and I love it. <laughs> so we're going to call you Fur Bear if you don't mind for the rest of the show. Your Fur Bear. You need it. one more bear in the family, and then Goldilocks can come and take <laughs> your guys' porridge. <laughs> Jeff's will be too hot, not temperature wise. So it'll just be full of sriracha. You, you don't eat porridge? <laughs> no. Well, then we're going to give yours away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have cared if Goldilocks was there. It's like, if I can eat it, it's not even good. All right. Well, we have lots <laughs> of stuff going on. diabetes if you eat that. Just don't. Well, you have a science background. I do. And so we're going to definitely grill you with science questions all Wait. day. Like. But uh, you're a nurse. Every answer right? better nurse, be extremely yes. accurate, too. I will do my best. <laughs> it's been a long time since I was in nursing school. But yeah, I've been a nurse. It'll be 34 years this year. So. All right, that's so 34 name, years more than when any I was of us. <laughs> all right. Name all the nutrients in a cell. No, I'm just I all can't right. do that. <laughs> Me either. Uh, what okay. is a mitochondria? <laughs> it's the powerhouse one. of this. Yay! <laughs> so, yeah, a little bit of your background. You, you were a nurse for how many years already? I've been a nurse since 1989. That's when I graduated nursing school. I was 10. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and I have spent my career doing women's and children's health care. That's right. So, and you did, yeah. uh, you were... Uh, but I used to say it was a nipple Nazi, but what that's really called is what? A lactation consultant. <laughs> yes. A nipple Nazi. 20 years. Yeah. She, and like, she was a Spokane hometown hero. I was. Gosh, what a memory. <laughs> He's very proud was, of you. He yeah, is. I know. He just talks about you all the time. I think that was 2009 or 10. It was a while ago. And why did you get that? Because I started a donor milk program in the NICU at the hospital that I was working at at the time. Well, I'm still working there, but we, yeah, my, I had a, a neonatologist, which is a NICU doctor, approach me about it. And I wasn't the only one that was involved. I had just been talking about it the longest, I think. And mm. so myself, that physician, um, two dietitians, a nurse manager, there was a lot of people involved, but I had a friend who put the, the, nomination forward or whatever and for me so awesome. it was an honor it was it was actually really amazing and, but anyway that program so, that you started that still goes on still today. going yep so i worked in the NICU as a lactation consultant for nine years and then i and then i left that particular role five years ago but it's still going on right yeah. and that and as i recall you were one of very few within the nation that did that is that right was it just in the area? Maybe I was wrong about that. No, not the nation. No, there's lactation consultants everywhere. But I was the only NICU lactation. So NICU being premature and sick babies, 
um, lactation consultant in the city and, and actually in the region. So I would get calls from Idaho, you know, and Montana, other hospitals, um, seeking out advice or whatever for how to treat their moms or their babies. And so it was, it was good. It was a great job. Actually, What, I loved what got it. you in that field? What, uh, were you a science fan growing up? Oh, into nursing? Yeah. I knew that when I was four that I wanted to be a nurse. Mm. I don't know why I knew that, but um, it was just something that I always wanted to do. And and so I got mediocre grades in high school. I applied to one college. They let me in. and They straightened up and flied right. Yeah, I mean, nursing school's hard, and they, yeah. it's really hard now. I mean, it's, it's so much harder now than it was when I graduated. I don't know that I could do it, but they um but yeah i just always knew always knew i wanted to be a nurse it was and i don't know i think it can be a calling yeah and that's how it's always felt to me yeah it was just it's been a it's been a really great career i've enjoyed it if you wouldn't have been a nurse if you didn't have that calling at four is there what what alternative career path would you have taken do you think gosh I wanted to be a singer too when I was like six. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't recommend that career path. Right? Unlike, <laughs> unlike Zach and I, she chose <laughs> the smart wisely. Has a good livelihood. <laughs> Let's compare bank accounts. I'd say you did fine, you, and we didn't do good. <laughs> now I think if I could go back to school, I would. I would love to do a whole lot more on advertising and nutrition. Ooh. There you go. Right, which leads into some other things that you're doing, which we're going to talk about all the stuff and things, but you also... Like I said, you're the keto RN. I am the keto RN. So you want to make commercials for like Reese's Pieces and Ooh. stuff? Is that what yeah, you no. All right. Wait, I have a question before we leave the subject entirely because I'm ignorant and I want to learn. A lactation consultant, is that like a sommelier for breast milk? Like you just come in and you're like, mm, this That's is an excellent hilarious. vintage taste of memories and <laughs> coconut samples, samples. <laughs> swinging it around the glass, no. smelling it. Mm. No, but, I didn't, but jokes I didn't aside, what, it, what is the what is that? So that is somebody who generally has an RM background, but certainly doesn't have to. Mm. Um, that assists women in breastfeeding their babies, overcoming issues. It's not easy for everybody, um, and there's a lot of things that can go sideways what are the most common things so oh gosh well i think people oh gosh that's such a loaded question there are so (laughs) i'm ignorant so i don't know what i'm doing right bro well i mean we can just talk physically like there's there can be issues with latch that can be based on the mother's anatomy that can be based on the baby's anatomy Mm -hmm. um there are commitment issues you know people Mm -hmm. um don't want to feed it's, the baby. It's, well, it's not that they don't want to feed their babies. It's just, it's a big commitment and it's yeah, hard. Okay. And maybe they don't have all the education they need. So my, really my role was a teacher in, mm-hmm. in so many ways, teaching women, you know, why they should do this, how they should do this and um, wh- how it's a good thing, you mm-hmm. know. And So you mentioned, you mentioned um, donors for breast milk, right? Mm-hmm. Is that, so I didn't realize that was even a thing. Yeah. So you can, if you are a mother who has maybe an overabundant milk supply, um, or we've also had um, bereaved mothers, mothers who have lost their infants, um, but they are they want to pump to honor their baby that didn't survive, mm. um, pump for a period of time, and mm. then um, donate that to a milk bank. Wow. And there's milk banks all over the country. Um, so the milk banks collect milk from 
all of these women who are pumping for different reasons. And um, they pasteurize the milk and then they bottle it and package it for NICUs and pediatric units and places that um, can use the product. So would that be for like babies that lost their mothers or mothers sometimes It can not be able adoptive to, babies. Um, it can be mothers who... Um, I mean, you know, sometimes we have moms who are in a bad, um, you know, involved with drugs mm. and they they can't breastfeed, but they have a 25 week infant who's not going to do well if we uh, feed them formula like their their gut is just really too immature. Their gut really should be having amniotic fluid, but that's gone. Mm. So the the next best thing is, you know, mother's milk. And if mm. it can't be their own mother's milk, then we want it to be somebody else's milk and so it's really it's a program that's been going on for a long long time i i think people would be surprised i mean it's you know it's the modern day wet nursing Mm -hmm. yeah it's except this milk is is pasteurized and you have to to become a donor you have to go through a uh, they have to do blood tests and there's a lot of medical screening and that sort of thing and they're compensated for it like blood banks i think so yes i mean i don't remember because i like i said i've been out of it for about five years but at the time i left i think they were getting about a dollar an ounce Hmm. Um, so not much, to, not, no. not as much as heroin, <laughs> not as much right. as blood either. <laughs> um, but I, but I don't, I, but I don't know. I think that was with some of the more private milk banks, hmm. ones that are more publicly owned. Donations. Women are just—it's just altruism. Yeah, yeah, they just do it because awesome. they can they, and, and they, they understand. are committed to it. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty great. So as far as the science of uh, between a bottle and breastfeeding. I'm sure there's plenty of literature on that. One of the things that I've been, that I've heard and I've looked into and stuff is that the only thing a a person can do to give their child any kind of increase in in IQ is breastfeed. It's brain food, yes. Yeah, that's, okay. Yeah, Yeah. and what's interesting is it's the, so human milk has more lactose than any other mammalian milk on the planet. No shit. Yeah, and we also close, right? have, I, I don't know. Um, but we also have the biggest brains and so they, they, um, and all of the right fats, you know, I mean, there's, it's, it's a complicated substance, but breast milk is living tissue. It's, it's alive, like your, like your blood. And the, uh, it's so funny talking to these three men about breastfeeding. We're all like, this is amazing. Yeah, like, it's amazing. Our edge I know. It's like, like, usually we're interrupting each other. We're like, yeah, it's all yeah. We've been listening. We just talked over a musician for the last two hours, a couple hours ago. It is amazing. The more you take the time to learn about human milk, the more fascinating it is. I think, it really I mean, is, I, it, yeah. it was, it was really amazing, but well, it's an immune boost. It's basically like your yep. first set of shots, right? Yep. And you ask, ask a rancher, what happens to the calf that doesn't get that colostrum, that early milk from its mama cow? They don't last long, do they? They don't last long. Mm-hmm. No. And so so it's all important. And, and the milk we feed our babies comes to them in the right order. Colostrum is about has about 10 million live cells per milliliter. Wow. So, it, like I said, it's dynamic. It's alive like your blood it, in every cell, and there's so many cells. Every cell in it has a purpose in that infant's brain, biology, organs, blood. I mean, Should I be drinking breast milk as, that, yeah. as an adult? I know. I no, know. but we shouldn't be drinking cow's milk either. No, we shouldn't. No. Can, you, can you talk to us about uh, what, what's the difference between formula, and if all formulas are equal, and then the breast milk, like if you could tell a woman 
you know, I, I want to use, I don't want to breastfeed. What advice would you give them from that point? Well, I always tell them that the way they choose their choose to feed their baby is up to them. And I'm not right. here to convince anybody to do anything that they're not comfortable, comfortable with, with yeah, yeah. or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but, oh, let's see. Um, well, breast milk is alive. Mm-hmm. And if you, if the best example I ever saw, and this is back when I was just kind of learning about all of this, was um, we they showed that I was at a lecture and they showed what formula looked like on a slide under a microscope. And then they showed what breast milk looked like on a slide under a microscope. And the formula was beige, you know, like, and there was maybe one or two cells, but the, the, the breast milk, they had dyed it blue, you know, so that you could see the cells, but it was like this, it was beautiful. Actually, these different sort of cells and different sizes and looked like all of these beautiful, like blue bubbles. It's on the internet. You can find the picture it's, and it's Mm. stunning. Mm. Um, and it was, I was just really impactful. So, and, and formulas made, I mean, formula is absolutely necessary. You Mm. know, there are, there are lots of reasons that, um, women aren't able to breastfeed or babies that get adopted and, you know, babies that can't tolerate breast milk. I mean, there's so many reasons. So it absolutely has to be um, part of our culture. But um, I think what makes me the craziest is that it costs more to make the container that they put it in than it does to make the powder itself. And so that, that is hard for me. You know, it's like, it's a great, it's, it's great to have, but it's, it's not the number one thing and you know for your baby and it's just highway robbery (laughs) uh, so back up so there are babies that even though the way that we're designed we're we're born we should be able to have our mother's milk but there's babies that can't tolerate their mother's milk as well yeah i mean sometimes there are babies that are born with like inborn inborn errors of metabolism and and it's rare um but there yeah there there are babies that that, that can't because they don't have a protein or an enzyme that's really interesting in their body that can digest it and and yeah I mean like I said it's exceedingly rare um, there are other babies that have I don't know I mean I think that we don't understand enough um, and and a lot of a lot of breast milk is made by the mother's diet and so if her diet mm-hmm. is you know super dairy laden or whatever then the baby can have can develop a milk protein allergy to cow's milk and so she could give up dairy, but sometimes it's just easier to not breastfeed anymore or whatever. You know, I mean, I don't live their lives, so I don't I don't make decisions for them. But So is there any that, loss of that nutritional value in like donated breast milk or is there it pretty, is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when they pasteurize it, they lose some of the like mm-hmm. lysosomes and, and other important cells. But but why it's important in a newborn gut is I mean, you're, we're starting to actually hear more about the gut-brain connection or the axis. I don't know if you guys have heard mm-hmm. about it just yeah. recently, um, just because of our terrible um, American diet. But <laughs> but with I've been hearing about it for years uh, as a as a lactation consultant attending conferences and that sort of thing. But they talk about the gut-brain axis in in neonates, and when you have an, an extremely immature gut, it's not meant to digest cow's milk right like it's just not cow's milk is for calves yes not human babies we're and the only so, creature that does that on the earth right it's very strange right and so like you didn't you wouldn't feed a bat whale milk 
I mean, I want to try now that you mentioned it. I might. I just want to try and feed a bat. Hold my beer. (laughs) We just talked last episode about bats being lit on fire to being used as weapons. So, I I mean, between the two, I'd rather get from different animal milks. Yeah, see what happens. (laughs) But anyway, so so their gut is too immature to digest those heavy proteins and molecules and those sorts of things. And so what happens is it causes inflammation. And so that inflammation becomes systemic and it can go anywhere in their body, but they were finding that it was going to their brains and it was causing brain bleeding. And brain bleeding is just never a good thing, especially when you're a neonate, right? (laughs) It doesn't seem like something that would happen. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, so they were, they were having these, extraordinary rates of with these babies that were having brain bleeds and um and there's so much literature now about you know when when human when human babies get human milk with regardless of whether or not it's their mothers i mean their mothers is always going to be first choice but if you um if they're given even 50 percent breast milk and 50 percent artificial milk then they have a less time in the NICU. They have less time on IV nutrition. They have, I mean, less everything that's bad, right? Less brain, brain bleeding, less um, gut issues, less retinopathy or prematurity, which is eye issues, less demand for oxygen, less days in the hospital overall, mm-hmm. less readmission rate. I mean, it's, it, it's and, and it's free. <laughs> really, it's, just, and it's That's the thing yeah. is that it is, it is free. You know, I mean, I used to get really angry because insurance companies wouldn't want to co- cover the cost of a breast pump. The breast pump for a year was about $900. And to be in the NICU for a day is 5000 Wow! So if we can get a baby out of the hospital a day early, they're... Yeah, forty nine hundred dollars ahead. Forty one hundred dollars. Forty one hundred ahead. Yeah. Well, for Jennifer, the, one day. For, the insurance companies really need that money. They, you know? do. <laughs> they don't have any to spare. <laughs> I wonder exactly. Is that a can of worms? How do you like? How do you like how they do the money thing in hospitals? Is that something you're paying a lot of attention to? Smiley happy. Um, <laughs> I you know I just try to keep my head down, and do my job. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Good my, answer. Make Good my answer. Great happy. political answer. I love yeah. that. <laughs> I'm there for the science. I'm there for the people. Goddamn. You guys do the bullshit. <laughs> and we're, we're going to get into uh, your exit out of nursing here a yeah. little bit, too. Yeah. Talk about that. And then just kind of talk about your journey of life and, and something that you've new, newly discovered uh, in your life. And uh, we'll get into that here in a little bit. Yeah. We're going to go through some of our standard stuff. And we're going to do some standard stuff. Yeah. We thanks, want you to Thanks for the crash jump course in, and, in lactation yeah. science, though. That's, I, I really do feel no like I no idea I would be, very, be as fascinated as I, learned, as I, I have to be. say. Me either. So, <laughs> so, and my sister, I mean, I watched her have three. I didn't physically watch her. I wasn't in the room. But she, I have three wonderful, two nieces and a nephew. And, I, you know me, I crack jokes about everything. But mm-hmm. I really obviously didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. Because I, 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 my sister would breastfeed them for, like, a long time. Uh, a lot of years and I'm just like what are you going to stop when you get like whisker burn or what now <laughs> like I understand now like I would be giving my kid breast milk till they were 18 as like, no, as I don't know. want you to be dumb yeah drink I think it's milk. only after the first uh, it's not very long with the breast milk for the brain development from what I understand I mean for 
it's it's the complete cycle you about need. two years is it two years, two years. yeah okay wow so and right that's now. not long no, so i just can i just tell one quick story yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i remember when when my oldest was born i lived in that house in portland and you came over to see me and it was a nice day because she was born in december so she was like seven months old so what's that june or july and we went and we sat out on my front porch and she was hungry so i was gonna nurse and you're like oh there's i've got another story too <laughs> <laughs> you're like are you gonna do that here? <laughs> it's my front porch. Yeah. Is, um, yes, well, I, I am. I like to do. Yeah, this is the most comfortable place for me. <laughs> or just calm down, okay, young lady. I, I was young. I was young. <laughs> this has got to be another one of my expenses. Okay, one more story, and chomp, then I'll be done. Chomping at the bit. So, with our second daughter, we were here in Spokane, and we went to a Silverwood restaurant, and um, no, that wasn't Silverwood. Oh, okay. I don't even remember that one, but I'm oh, sure yeah. it's a good one, and. <laughs> Uh, my baby was probably eight days old. I mean, she was little. And I went to, we were in these high booths, so nobody could really see in. But I was sitting next to my husband, and, and I had the baby, and we had a toddler somewhere. And and then Jeff, and I don't remember who you were with, were over across the table from me. And I was going to feed the baby. And I was really good. I was very discreet. It wasn't mm-hmm. like I was taking off my shirt. You know? right, right. I was very discreet. But <laughs> Just waving it over your head. <laughs> we, were, we were at an Italian restaurant. And so they had the bread and the in the basket and the nice napkin. <laughs> adults should be able to handle this. I'm just throwing this out there without knowing what the story is going to go. But Jeff, yeah. adults should be able to it, handle some people. It was really public. cute. I was not an adult then. It was really cute. So um, anyway, so... I'm getting ready to feed her, and he takes the napkin out of the bread basket like the rolls go flying. <laughs> you're like, did you want a cover? And you're handing me the napkin all square, like in a square, like put it on my chest so that nobody would see a nipple or something offensive like that. But it was hilarious. Anyway, well, okay, me, and, and my opinions on that have totally changed over the years because I, I I wouldn't care. Quite honestly, it's like if a, I mean if someone's gonna breastfeed their baby I'm like it's just like asking do you want to see my boob yeah I do I, not necessarily my sisters but right. you but know. you've seen him a lot because I've yeah. been a long time yeah. <laughs> for two years is how yeah. long to breastfeed so, uh, for the, to, to fully well, do this thing the, the, that is the American Family Practice Association recommendation okay. is minimum of two years the World Health Organization is four Oh wow! What's the that's mac- the World Health Organization, though. Yeah, I mean, right. it's the whole world. There are countries that have less food, so they for depend sure. on their mothers for longer. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. that seems reasonable and rational as far as that goes. Yeah. I, yeah. I actually said the WHO did something reasonable. And I rational. know, right? Yeah, that's very crazy. Is there any? Uh, what's the maximum? Like, what is too long? If you're latched on at 14, you're probably too well, long. Well, that's yeah. I mean that 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 crosses a line. Um, I would think, but I don't know. I mean, it's it's really about the relationship between the mother and the child, and they get to decide what I think works you're for them. At, I think you're looking at Oedipus complex at that point. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, I mean, my well, my well, I think son what was I'm older. asking is, is it, should we be drinking breast milk as adults? No. Okay. No. Because so there's a point where it's not good for you. Anymore. Yeah, all mammals wean. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's not good for you. I think it's amazing for you, but it's not something that needs to be a part of your diet. Totally. But, I could put it on yeah. my Captain Crunch and it wouldn't be a huge issue. I mean, you're not going to die from it. Well, <clears throat> if I drank breast milk over Mountain Dew, it would probably be... 
The, I would choose the breast milk okay. over Mountain Dew. <laughs> Makes sense. That's I, yeah. I, would I mean, too. at least now, there's some nutrition. Without knowing what I knew before. Yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm thinking I'll, of a I'll business mix them here. together into a shot. <laughs> like <laughs> chocolate, <laughs> That's the real Mountain Dew. Sorry. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why I went there. I don't know why I went Such there. Such a child. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, we've done 32 of these episodes. I I've been a child the whole time. Just because your sister's here doesn't mean I don't get to be a child. I expect you to be a child still. She's had to grow up with me, so. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, do you have lots of embarrassing stories about Jeff? No, those are the best ones. I was telling the story about when I dropped my glasses in the yogurt. (laughs) (laughs) Luciana just got glasses. Oh, she did. She and they're so cute. I bet. And I was explaining to Polly about because it looked. I I asked Lucy yesterday. I'm like, did did the person? I'm like, did your friend just like sneeze in your face or what? Because your glasses are covered with all kinds of shit. (laughs) And then and then I had to explain that I had dropped my glasses in the yogurt at breakfast. And I just literally just licked them off and put them back on my face. <laughs> and I think I was 10. And I said, what is all over your glasses? <laughs> and you said, well, yogurt. Like, okay. <laughs> Obviously. You, yeah. <laughs> Did you wash them? No, I just licked them. I'm like, go wash them. <laughs> like an older sister shit. <laughs> I'd love to hear these stories. Let's turn these microphones off and let's just grill her about your past, Jeff. <laughs> all right, well. Usually we start off differently than we, how we did today. It's uh, we're shading. I go. Two stories. There's the two stories. Jeff gives the stories. He's gonna give you now. Run, motherfucker! Run, motherfucker! Run! Run, motherfucker! Run, motherfucker! Run! That could, it gets scary. When he yeah. does that, it gets scary. Yeah. Plus, he looks have at to me. Come up with like a, I don't want to run. I'm sitting. <laughs> I'm literally <laughs> eyeballing Zach when I'm doing that. I'm having a podcast. Starting to get up. Jeff was sitting at home between our last recording session and now thinking, how can I make them more uncomfortable when they do that (laughs) usually just mocks us for us not doing it as well as we probably could i guess yeah but that's part of the charm i think so it's bad on purpose so sis probably doesn't know this if you want us to harmonize it real good we will (laughs) sis probably doesn't know this story uh this was actually this wasn't uh, well the title of this one is hammer broke yeah yeah so this was the day that uh i should have been shot at work and i got really 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 lucky the Uh only day well, the the one this one was this is definitely the, confirmed. Sure, yeah, shot, yeah. So it was a simple call. Uh, I got a call uh, of uh, a male and female that were just doing a vehicle prowl. They were stealing shit out of somebody's vehicle, and I happened to be the first one into the area. And I see a male and a female walking. And of course, as I pull up, they split off, and the male starts walking to a known shithead house. So I'm calling out my location where I'm at throwing my car into park and as I'm getting out I saw that he was digging in his pockets as I'm starting to get out and and you know as you as you kind of get out you just just because that little a-frame on the door you lose sight Uh, so I kind of lost sight of him for a second there's trees and stuff too but I lost sight of him for a second and I get out and like hey you need to stop and then I hear this uh, metal clanging on the ground and I'm like oh he just dropped the stereo I'm like get over here now well, the dude ends up running out of the yard uh, and running from me, essentially. I'm, I'm in a foot pursuit. Mm-hmm. And what was awesome was he was running. Of all the options of places he had to run, he decided to stay in the road. So he just ran down the middle of the road. So and a couple weird. things happened. Like in the movies this. when something's chasing him and they could go to the side or yeah, down, but, but he they just, just keep going yeah. straight to make the movie work. This and is for a bigger guy, I, I can run forever. And, and so on a long enough timeline, I'm probably going to catch you. I'm not exactly fast, but a long enough Endurance. time I'm going to get But anyway, this guy just stayed in the room. I'm like, oh, as long as I... The rule is as long as you keep him in sight, 
you're good to go. If they get around a corner of a house or something, just stop because you don't want them to shoot you in the face when you get around the when you come around the corner. Right. So this guy stayed running down the road. Well, first off, I'm we had just gotten brand new radios. We went from analog to digital, and they gave us these shitty radio holders. So I'm sitting here and I'm trying to call out this foot pursuit that I'm in, and usually you can hear sirens and people coming. I noticed it. There was there was no sounds, and things didn't feel right. Well my radio holder the the battery attached on the bottom of the radio the battery Plug. fell off oh, no. fell off of my uh, of my uh mic of my ra- the metal clanging on the ground no no oh, no okay. we'll get there <laughs> my uh so it fell out so here i am calling out a pursuit a foot pursuit on my on my uh handheld mic and it's not getting out because i don't have a battery so i'm like well i guess i'm on the, on my own i can still see him he ran basically till the road teed and he climbs over a fence. And in my mind, I did this awesome Superman jump over the fence, but I probably didn't. I probably climbed over it like an old man. He was just tired. <laughs> but get into the yard. Now I've got the guy on the ground. Now he wants to fight. I know nobody's coming. I don't yeah. have a radio. So what else is there to do? I, I basically, I punched him until he stopped moving. I, right. I knocked him unconscious and uh, got him handcuffed. Had to <laughs> This fence was only about three feet high i remember unconscious i had to fling the guy back over the fence and i'm literally dragging him back to my car because i got to get that i don't want to let go of him but i got to get to my car to get on the radio mm-hmm. and just I, I drug him about two blocks down the road unconscious dude and then finally uh, one of my partners the guy who was responding to the call with me shows up he's like what you don't answer your radio he's like what are you and then he realizes what i'm doing he's like what the hell is going on <laughs> I'm like well this guy's unconscious my radio battery popped out um, I said, I think he stole the stereo out of the truck, go up to this residence and it's going to be right on the walkway. And, uh, I said, I'll just stay here with this guy, get on the radio, let them have medics come check him out and then go, go see if the stereo is up there. So he does all that. I'm sitting there babysitting this dude who's unconscious and, uh, who you're having some sympathy for at this moment. You're like, ah, oh, I probably didn't have to, you know, I'm just, no, no, no. I, I mean, he, I know he, what's coming. He, he wanted so to fight. I know. I know. <laughs> anyway, uh, so my buddy goes up there and he comes back and his eyes are about the size of dinner plates. And he's like, that wasn't a stereo. I'm like, what was it? And he brings out a 38, a loaded 38 with, and it, that had a hammer on it. And the guy had tried to shoot me and he pulled the hammer back. And for what, it was a shitty gun mm-hmm. and the hammer got locked back. It broke, dude. So he had an opportunity to shoot me and tried to shoot me and the gun just didn't go off. Less Which sympathy is, for him now that he's passed. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, the shitty part about that is the guy that that uh, found the gun ultimately left law enforcement to get into nursing um, before the trial, and uh, because he wasn't available to testify of finding the gun, oh no! Even though I would have found it going over there, they dropped the case. Oh man! Yeah, so the so guy gets to... the guy walked free, and he had already had a homicide in Alaska. So I wonder, yeah, that he did time. For. I wonder if we could follow up on him if have, if he's been a good boy. Oh, I know so. his name. We had a, we had another encounter after that too. Did you? That I'll tell about some other time. Okay. Yeah, he got knocked out again. Police stories. All right. Well, fuck. That's. I'm glad that didn't happen. Well, that, I had to tell you after that. That one shook me up pretty bad after after that happened. Um, I think we're all in a little fact, shook up because really that was a life. Yeah, that was that was a big deal. And I was actually I was I was dating Alex at the time, hmm. and uh, 
it was uh we had just come back from bear hunting but i had all my baits set up so that happened and my sergeant's like hey you need a couple days i'm like yeah Hmm. well i wasn't gonna tell her what happened i'm just like hey gotta burn some days i'm gonna go gonna go bear hunting well what i didn't know is that they released that story on the news so she found out about that on the news while i was in the mountains bear hunting by myself super stoked she was not she was not pleased with me yeah Yeah, not at all yeah that's a wild feeling when you come when you have a real close call with like a real life and death thing and then afterwards you kind of have to like take a knee for a minute and be like whoo yeah. like that could have been one one little difference that could have been bad i had i'm sure you've had more of that than me but i was working at this lumber mill up in canada i was running a industrial chop saw like pedals on the floor that made these big 14 16 inch saw blades come mm-hmm. up out of the table well, they wanted you to crawl into the thing that was another okay. thing same lumber mill but yeah but, <laughs> no i just told him to fuck off when they told me that but no this I, one, I was i was working night shift i was pissed off i had a board jammed over in my in my measuring guides and the one thing they tell you right when you start doing that job is don't ever reach over top of one of these saws mm-hmm. for any reason no matter if it's off doesn't matter don't ever do it and i was like yeah obviously my dumb ass i'm all mad and i'm just like trying to knock this thing out with a piece of wood and it's not going and i'm like god damn it so i lean over and and to give it one of these and my boot bumped the pedal saw blade came up right here and stopped like i could feel the wind from it and my head was leaned right over it like it was it could have just took me out right there and i was like makes you think about things (laughs) shut the whole thing down i was like i'm taking a break (laughs) well and after something like that go have a cheeseburger it's like this is the best cheeseburger ever (laughs) what the fuck just happened well and again for the relationship that i was in at the time you know and there were three three children involved and and you know here i am supposed to be the protector and then you know somebody almost takes me out yeah you know and you really realize how different your life is i mean even with the same the same gal and the same kids i i talked about a double homicide on mm-hmm. i think it was two shows ago that i had gone to and then i went home and cooked eggs for the kids and i had brains on my uniform yeah. and that that's not normal but it was my normal life you know but it's not normal for other people you re- just realize what a fucked up life that you live yeah well wow. but yet it's fun at the same time yeah. so I think when you're a public servant like that too, you don't like when I go home from work, I work and and work can be stressful, but I'm not dealing with stuff like that, but I am dealing with some, you deal with death and stuff though. Yeah. A lot. Some death and just, uh, I mean, not very often, but really Heavy just hearts and people that shouldn't be having babies. Oh right. gosh. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a lot of that and you just, you can't burden the ones you love with what you see. Um, and I get floated. Like I went to the peds, um, emergency room uh the other day and i went to the adult ed as well like twice in two weeks and the things that you see there are tragic and you you know you as somebody that sees it you just deal with it or you have your own way of dealing with it and i know when i come home from work i'm tired and i mean just more emotionally drained and i don't really have a lot to say and so my kids and my husband or whatever ask me how my day was and i say oh it's fine it was good but I don't ever give them the details. I mean, the details of something that was really awful at work or a very sad story or whatever, those come out a few days later because you can't burden the people that you love with the things that you see in your job. It's just, it's not fair to them. And you've developed, you and I or whatever, have developed coping skills or mm-hmm. or defense mechanisms or whatever to shield you from that. But they don't, they don't have them. And it's... It's not, you don't just get it's them either. Fair. You can't just you yeah. know, you develop them. It's not fair to burden those people. That's an important thing to say, too, because that's true, not just of jobs where you have to deal with shit you have to cope with, but just with 
I mean, anything that you've spent a lifetime or many, many years figuring out how to deal with on your own. And like, I mean, I've had, I've gone through some shitty things in my life that have left damage that's lingering that some days I just, like, I, I have whole days where I'm like, I can't, that's all I can do to just exist today. Mm-hmm. And it's tempting for me to, you know, people try to kind of <laughs> chisel their way past that sometimes. And they're just like, oh, just tell me what's going on or talk to me mm-hmm. about it. And it's like, listen, I, I appreciate that, but I, I'm not going nope. to <laughs> because of what you just said. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm not me burdening you with that is not only unfair to you, even if you're asking, but it's also it's going to make it worse for me because then I, on top of what I'm dealing with, I have this knowledge that I'm like, Oh, now I just made them feel like shit too. Cause I couldn't just handle it on my own. You know? And there's a part of me that appreciates the fact that I got to see what the real world is up close and personal in my career. And that's why I talk about it a lot. It was an, it was a fantastic life. Mm-hmm. What, it was tragic, but also very fantastic. Um, in, you know, in a, you know, circus Good education in a circus sense. sense. Yeah. And part of me wants everybody in my life to really understand, no, this is really what the world is. It's not what you're showing on TV. And, um, it, but that comes with a, with a price to know that. And maybe it's not always my place to tell people what is really going on versus what, what we want it to be. Right, you know, I, I I guess there's a palatable way, and sometimes I'm not the best at being palatable. So. <laughs> well, yeah. it's a matter of balance, like everything. You know, it's just like you gotta. There's there's a time to shatter people's illusions and give it to them raw, and there's a time to shield them from it. You know, I like to fun suck people's lives. <laughs> let them let them know bad statistics that make their life different. I definitely err on that side of the equation. <laughs> I'm a fun sucker. I've been called that for a long time. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, that was our police story. Uh, let's do our unfuck yourself segment. And this one is again, Jeff, and it's the fruit is in the seed. The fruit is in the seed. This is not a term that I came up with, but I kind of have developed, I guess, my own analogy. And the fruit is in the seed basically means that all the good things, all the things that you want to do in your life, all the things that you want to change about yourself, all those things are actually still, they are already inside you. You already have the ability to make these things happen. But so the fruit is in the seed would be taking, take an apple seed, right? The fruit is already in there, but what do you have to do for that to happen? You've got to till the ground. You've got to water it. You've got to fertilize it. You've got to care for this, for this seed until it it starts to sprout. And then when it sprouts, you still have to continue to, to, you know, molest the ground and, and weed all around it and, and give it time to grow. And after a couple of years, you produce a tree that, that bears fruit. Well, we, we, our lives are no different within ourselves. Everything that we want to be is within us. It's there, but you have to put in that long, hard work Consistent and time work, yeah. over and over and over again to bear the fruit that you want from your life. And I don't know people get impatient, you know, I, I think is patience sure. is probably the hardest thing or, or they just don't want to work. They want it to magically appear. Um, but it, that, that's just the best analogy that I can give of anything that you want to change in your life, anything that you want to make it better. And it, 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 not just in the physical sense, it could be in the mental sense. It's already there, but you have to take the time to do the work before you can bear fruit. But it's not something that just magically appears. 
You reap what you, you sow. Got to make it happen. It. What's that? I'm just, I'm just doing another vegetable analogy. Reap uh, the world, man, Zach. <laughs> I just wanted to be. I just wanted to say it. I think. Thing. Uh, I think there's also a lot of wisdom in planting seeds, whether you think they're going to grow or not. You know, like the, like plant many seeds. It's good to focus on the stuff that you plant, but not only inside of yourself but with another people like be in the business of anytime you see an opportunity put a seed in the ground you know and maybe you water it maybe somebody else waters it and maybe it just happens to get rained on enough from the other shit that's going on in the field but if you don't plant the seed then you, nothing's ever going to grow right. so i brought this up in one of the videos you know I'm, we're doing the 75 hard and i'm doing except for today i didn't do a video on my second workout uh, i just didn't have the time Mm. But, uh, and, you know, I have a lot of people that don't necessarily like what I'm doing. They think for some reason that I'm I'm this mean person that's talking down to people. I don't uh, like what you're doing. I don't really care if you like it or not. <laughs> your, your opinion of me means nothing. Um, but uh, that I, I kind of brought that up. It's like, if you're here every day watching me, but it's pissing you off, I know that I'm planting seeds within you. And at some point, you very well may... Uh, tend to your garden and what I have to say and the things that I'm showing you might might come be useful you might understand it and finally get it and, and do something with those seeds that I'm that I'm planting in you so to speak and and you know, we talk about a guy uh, pretty regularly who finally admitted that D-Bag McGee yeah he's good yeah. <laughs> he finally admitted that to me that uh, you know as much he's like I used to hate what you did and you used to piss me off all the time he's like but ultimately it's what it's what changed me and helped me to make my decision but you don't have to do it for other people you can do that for yourself too yeah for sure so. i think it's more important to do it for yourself at least first you know i mean we've talked hate, about that hating before, someone so. else does drive it can move mountains, hate can but, move mountains uh, for sure. <laughs> but you know it's better to probably want to move the mountain because you feel good Just saying tend your own garden before you tend something <laughs> so that's that's my that's my un unfuck yourself for the day well, i don't you. know if there's a whole lot to expound that's on that good. But. i'm gonna no, come, i'm gonna come pee in your garden dude would you <laughs> drink, i'm gonna drink a bunch of mountain dew and come pee all over your you, you know, actually would you not drink would you bring some uh, breast milk breast milk, breast milk. <laughs> yeah, please. we want a healthy be, garden. Be the best garden <laughs> the yields will be huge all right huge. let's talk let's talk reasonable's party since we have a new guest uh that's never heard of our reasonable party i'll let you explain it all right well let me try and explain it i guess uh we don't like government here we've all kind of decided we're all contrarian assholes we all kind of lean libertarian. We're like little L libertarian, just down. We're away from the totalitarian shit. But not um, stuck in the hole of being yeah. so decentralized. Probably more no anarchification. Right. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to not have a country. We don't want to not have. So I do as an anarchist, but I, my position is one for. <laughs> Zach is an ist. Is, I'm an ass. He's an ist. I'm an ass. He's an ass. Many, many kinds. <laughs> but uh, the reasonable party is my. We have to have government, so let's have the minimum amount that we can, or the stuff that works. The whole idea is to be reasonable. So it's not about being Democrat or Republican or you know European or American or whatever. It's really just like what actually works the best we can for social sciences. It's not hard. Most of these aren't hard sciences. Economics is soft science. So we're kind of guessing, but we're trying to use data, and we're trying to be reasonable. And so we've gone through all of the things that you're supposed to with politics and say, like, what's our platform, you know, on these things? And we always kind of lean towards more freedom. Mm -hmm. uh, the problem with the free country is, is, you know, education's important. And then, you know, we've, I don't even know where to go with this, but basically our reasonableness party is, is an attempt for normal people to kind of figure out what we think would work best for 
Yeah, obviously, we... Democrats and Republicans are not doing a great job of being what they are. <laughs> Correct. Uh, at least from our opinion. Why don't no, we, I would agree. Why don't we try to track, tackle some um, like food production and nutrition shit? Okay. For the reasonableness party. Let's like, do it. Should there be should there be involvement and government oversight in things like agriculture and food production and and you know general nutrition guidelines or and if so to what extent and what like what should be the guiding principles well first we have to ask do the guidelines work as they're intended what guidelines are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, is this FDA? Is this, I mean, if it's... I mean, are you talking food pyramid guidelines? Right. Because we could really talk about <laughs> think, that. Well, let's think go that's, off, Jennifer. Well, let's, well, let's How about let's start real Come basic. Come on, Fur Bear. Like, how, do, how do you guys, all, th- all three of everyone, how do you guys think that the government represents science? How do you think they communicate science? And how do they... Poorly. Do you feel like the government gives <laughs> confidence to people when it comes to their scientific declarations? Do you trust the government scientifically? No. No. No, because I mean, I, I shouldn't we? I don't even. I don't even. <laughs> I don't even trust the science yeah, anymore. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't even trust scientists on science at this point. Yes, but but I mean, I don't want to fall into this trap of of painting science as though it is this like you know altar to be worshipped at or this right. you know this this magical eight ball that you can pull off of the shelf and go oh what are the answers to this science tell me it's like science, review and falsification is pretty yeah, fucking awesome science is science's job is to continually prove itself wrong in the pursuit of better knowledge you know so like by inherently you can't just take whatever the current science is at face value and go that's it that must yeah. be the answer it's yeah, only the answer the until idea. proven otherwise isn't that the idea that i mean exactly they're like yeah we're we this is the best guess for now but we're probably wrong i think well, is mostly what science is but with testing so that they can have some empiricism behind that too there's there's differences that we've talked about on scatcast quite a few times where corporate science has uh, a hint of you know everybody that wants to be a scientist i imagine i'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt just like science just wanted to be a scientist you know they might like money too but science isn't the best place to make money but when you work for say a corporation there is there may be pressures from a company or an industry to fudge the science, or maybe you don't have control and you just make science and then they take, I'm talking about science ridiculously, but they take your science, the science, the science, and they manipulate it how you want. And, you, and as consumers, we know that that's possible. We have things like the FDA, we have all sorts of different measures to try and protect that. But then we have government science, which I think is worse than corporate science because, you know, then it's not about. Like in, at least in the profit market world, like if their science is off, we as consumers can be like, your science is off, and those guys are died, and you're sued. But the government, when their science is off, it's like, who the fuck do you sue? Who who's accountable to the bad science? Yeah. So to me, like the political agendas make science even worse because a lot of times people will ignore facts just to get the uh, you know agenda out. To and with side corporations, with, to it's side about with their ideology, yeah. and so there's there's corners cut and stuff like that. But there's no other way to get science, really, other than people that go to college and are doing science or writing their dissertations and all that stuff. There's not like a lot of like private science that's just by itself and funded well and all that stuff. So I don't know. We're, all, we're kind of in a weird position where we need to trust science because that is the best thing to understand the reality of the world in the material world of material things. But we don't know where the who's agenda is behind yeah. what we're hearing well the thing the thing if sorry like, that was wordy if, for no if reason if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna try and live by whatever the good science on anything any given thing is getting it from social media or a news corporation or your friend bill or especially the government 
is not the way to go about it because you're going to be getting you're going to be getting a diluted, filtered, slanted, skewed, or perhaps outright false understanding of of the data if there is even any data being supplied other than this is what scientists say you know it's like okay which scientists like right. if you really want to learn the science of something it unfortunately takes some legwork on your part yeah. which can be fucking exhausting do your but, own research it's like but yeah go to college to go, for five years at, to become at, a... at least go and read the abstract of a couple of studies on the thing that you're trying to figure out before you develop an opinion but don't find those studies on google no no <laughs> so that which that kind of brings me to a note um what is it that women that are pregnant should take and it's like a simple supplement folic acid folic acid yeah, folate. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. talk about that a little bit well i mean well that was a study <laughs> right but didn't they didn't the we don't trust it jeff <laughs> they actually stopped the study early it happened i think it was in europe i don't know where i can't really recall um, it was a double-blind study. They gave women, um, and I'm not sure at what point. I mean, it was maybe before their tri- first trimester, so before they were actually pregnant or early in their first trimester. I don't know. I don't know the details, so don't quote me. We're holding you to it, though. I know, right? For sure, yeah. <laughs> um, but they, uh, so they gave women who were newly pregnant pills, and somebody, you know, you either got the medication or the, the folate, or you didn't. Um, and what they were looking at was um, um, not spinal cord injuries, but yeah. spinal development. I can't think. There's a word for it. But spina bifida. Or spina bifida is one of the neuro neural tube defects. Is that's what it is. And so they were looking. Um, they were they were finding so overwhelmingly in this double blind study, which is the only valid study, is a mm-hmm. double blind study, um, that the the women who were taking the folic acid or the folate had significantly less neural tube defects than the women who didn't so they stopped the study early and gave everybody folic acid or folate and that's still the current recommendation hmm. right in the middle of a study i like it yeah they they stopped it because it was actually right, kind of cool they like double it's blind so study conclusive. Is the only double blind valuable. random yeah, yeah exactly it's the only one that doesn't get the human element all well, fucking. And you, you also want to who's look at you also want to look yes. at yeah who's conducting them and what the uh, sample group size is too because I mean if you're talking like yeah we did it Dude. on eight people it's like okay that's why can that possibly be representative of the, a vast demographic of humanity no no answer no <laughs> that's why the CDC during the you know the last few years that we've been through like I'd go there and I'd read their studies that they're like check this out this is what we're learning and this goes against some stuff that you may have heard in school if you study you know whatever. But then they, they look at it in the sample size. It's like, dude, you couldn't do this for a poll. Yeah. You couldn't use this as a poll. What the fuck are we doing? You're yeah. the CDC. Well, the CDC, I, I couldn't the believe CDC that. and the FDA are, are from just me as an onlooker standpoint. They're they're rife with corruption. I mean, there's there's revolving doors between, you know, political offices and being on the board of the FDA and the CDC. It's and that should door, not be yeah. so. Mm-mm. You know, like, that's in that's, every industry. There's, there's no way. There's no way. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not sure. I don't think that that's a good thing. Like it's, I, I, I try to err on the side of like let's keep freedom as free as possible, but I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to saying, hey, if you, if you are in a position of power in this field, you can't be in a in a in a correlative position of power in an, in another field, right? Because there's no way. That, that at the very least your bias isn't going to come into it and at the very most you're not going to abuse those connections for the 
you know, profits of a few. Isn't it the same thing with the military industrial complex yes, where it's absolutely. like Dick Cheney is the head of Halliburton. Now he's also sending us to war and he's in charge of that. And then he's back to Halliburton and you're like, what, what that's, yeah. is that we're all looking at the same corruption, right? Is uh, everybody's cool with that? Oh yeah. He's a good guy. No <laughs> worries. But so then, I, there's a medical industrial complex too. Like there is, it's not the same where they have, you know, I mean, Eisenhower wasn't warning us about that, but there is a lot of, there's some, it's, they're not monopolies, but they, in a sense, they work like a cartel. And I mean, they're just, the, the competition isn't there for a market. So if anybody wanted a free market medical system, like if they think that's what we have, it's not that, at yeah. least from my opinion. No. And so we, like having a cartel makes it even worse because it looks like a market. And, but then we pay $10,000 for fucking slippers because we went to the hospital or I got a right. $500 aspirin, you know, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. It's, yeah. So th- that, mm-hmm. it seems like there's just corruption wherever things are important. So military industrial complex, medical industrial complex, educational industrial complex. Mm-hmm. They just, once you get your hands in there and you get some power in there, they don't ever let go and it gets tainted and I'm going off on a tangent. So what's the, an- <laughs> no, I think what's it's, the antidote? It's a, one of the things that's important to understand about no studies government. is that you can get any outcome you want if you pay the, the highest price. Right. Cigarettes so are it, good for you. Exactly. So mm-hmm. it doesn't, you know, you, you, can, you can have an idea for a study, line it up and say the study doesn't turn out necessarily in your favor. You can cancel the study um, have those results buried and ne- you know never to be unearthed again mm. and um, write whatever result, result you want if you have the money to do that so you know the the study that has the best funding um, I mean wins and in a, in a, essentially right it's it's all about who's funding the study and what what the outcome is you know people go into a study with an outcome already declared yes. and if the study doesn't doesn't um, bring the outcome that you're anticipating, then that that's bad for them, and mm-hmm. so that gets that gets shelved. I feel like in the social sciences, you see that a ton, a ton. Yeah. So, in as a person that relies on science, like you're mm-hmm. you're basically informing other people that are relying on you of science. What is that like to know that a percentage of that information is tainted by all that stuff, like? How do you get around that, or how do you deal with that? I mean, it depends on the topic. I, I, you know, I tend to just speak to the topics that I'm really um, that I'm most knowledgeable sure. about when I'm sharing information. Um, if it's not something that I either feel comfortable sharing or want to share the lie that I know is being perpetuated or um, whatever, I just. I just refer them back to their doctor mm. because <laughs> I don't want that shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm here to help you. I don't. I'm here to help you, and my integrity is important to me, mm. and um, I won't compromise my integrity for anybody. That's so, rare, though. I don't think that's a normal human setting all the time. So yeah, be nice if it was, it would. <laughs> so I, you Respect. know, there's things that I, I I will happily give out information about things that I know well. Um, but things that I'm that I'm asked to say, I won't do. Nice. Is that is that come up very often or? Um, it comes up. It comes up uh, fair enough. I mean, my you know the people that I work with are great, and I'm not quiet. I won't die as a woman who kept her mouth shut. You know, as a woman who kept <laughs> her mouth shut. Respect again. Yeah. <laughs> I um, I 
there's just things I won't say or do in my job. And if they want them said or done, then it has to be by somebody else because I'm not going to do it because you're asking me to compromise my integrity or my belief system. And I don't do that for anybody. And I'm certainly not going to do it for my employer. And I, I, at one point in my job said that heatedly in a meeting with my manager, nurse manager, she was several levels above me, but I just told her, she said, I don't know, we were going back and forth in a very heated manner. And I just said, you, you know, you asked me to compromise my integrity and, 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 and it was in an underhanded manner and that I don't let anybody do that. And so if that's your expectation of me, then I, I can no longer be at this job. Oh man, you give me so much hope for humanity. You really do. Like, <laughs> well, I know, I know that there's Americans out there that all of them, I mean, when you're put under pressure like that, it's like it's your job, it's your life, but they can, yeah. You know, anybody with that power. Well, but that, sticking up for what you believe is yeah, true your, is... Your soul's worth quite a bit more than it your is. job. Well, I mean, we're talking about, you know, politics and all that. that. I mean, a lot of the stuff that's happened last, over the last couple of years, I mean, that really forced you to kind of change. Not, not didn't change your beliefs, but it kind of changed some of your stances. Yeah, it was eye-opening. Yeah, well, it was pretty crazy. You know, before we got this started, uh, we try not to talk about COVID too much here because the bots come and they want to tell us, you know, that we're not epidemiologists and stuff but which is true so it is true but there's one study that i can't attention i know thank goodness that's all you have to know it's not uh there's one study that's actually a poll or a survey kind of thing that happened it was a pretty big one that we were talking about beforehand and it was they asked americans and they based it on politics left and right and then independent how bad is covid and this was like right in the midst of the stuff but we had a lot of data from around the world and they said you know how how bad is it and they about i think it was over 40 percent of of the left the democrats uh ish said it was about 50 percent or so of the people that get covid would be hospitalized or would die and the republicans weren't much better it was like 39 percent and independents were better but not even really that good either they were like 10 15 percent but they were the ones that were closest to what was actually between one and three percent was the actual number, not 50% or higher, which yeah. is what half or more, you know, because they did it, they broke it down like 50%, 40%, 30%. So a bunch of people were way above, way off the normal 1% to 3%. Well, and I mean, that's not shocking at all, given <clears throat> how things were just hyper-conflated mm-hmm. and hyper-inflated and, and just made out to be, I mean, right out of the gate, before we even had really any solid data, they were just feeding it to the masses like it was going to be the next apocalypse you know like yeah. People, yeah by the way people were like oh covid zombie apocalypse probably about the same about the same <laughs> i'm gonna break my arm pat myself on the back but i remember when you asked me that question i said one percent yeah yeah <laughs> well we had been, we both knew because we'd been looking at data for a long time but the the correlation that makes it interesting so obviously we were misled not just a little bit the right. data is it's actually less than one percent now but so far off that 50 percent and one percent so a magnitude of ridiculous amounts. But on top of that, the correlation in the study that I saw, or not really study, it was more of an article. They correlated that, so obviously misinformed. And where did we get this information from? So they looked at the news media. And the news media in the United States, there's the ones that are informing us, the right and the left, both did a terrible job, obviously. But what they found out was across the, the world, they looked at all the media sources, and when they had COVID stories, they looked at the positive and the negatives. A lot of countries had a mix of positive and negative in with their stories where it's like, Oh, this person got better and this happened here and it's not as bad as we thought or the United States was 90, like over 95% all negative stories. And and when you think about it, you can 
think of any of the ones that you've seen. Yeah. Like, that's doomsday for quite a while there. But that correlation is probably the causation. It's probably, it literally, we watched the media, we got on our social media, we listened to people that didn't know what they were talking about or didn't care if they were right or whatever. And they misinformed us so far off that we're stupid, that we're completely ignorant about what happened. And so that's where my position is, where it's like, this data here, this is the only thing I need to know. We didn't know what we were talking about at all during the whole time, but we were very confident about how we said the bullshit that we said. And so it's like, fuck all y'all. Very, <laughs> so, very American of us. I know. I know. We're, we're ignorant and we're fucking proud as shit of it, bitches. Get out my damn yard. I want to go back to this food thing because... <laughs> I want to ask her about that, but go ahead. No, I said go all ahead. That. No, I no, said, ask her about that. Go yeah, ahead. No, I go said all first. that because it's like we had a little bit of a conversation beforehand. Correct. So we what? Did. how often did you feel like you were dealing with super misinformed people about that did it feel like that study felt real daily 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 and i still am i mean there's still a, there's still a lot of fear is this and, still a big thing in the hospitals um well we we still test every single patient that comes in for covid really wow mm-hmm. every single patient and is that we're just now um allowed to have visitors again for our doesn't new doesn't that seem parents. a little unreasonable I mean, I wouldn't have done it in the first place, but yeah, I wouldn't have either. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think watching Sweden again, as you know, interested in the science, like Sweden had some initial deaths uh, that were up from their neighbors for sure. But I guess at the end of this thing, they, I mean, their life went back to normal. They they dealt with the inflation and stuff like we did, and, and sure. a lot of the economic downfall. But uh, but they did things differently, and I'm so glad they did, so that we can compare that because you know the Amish did too. The Amish community. Um, probably all of the Amish communities, but there was a, I can't even remember where I saw it, but um, they were, they were saying, you know, yes, we opted as a community or whatever to not get vaccinated. And yes, we lost a couple of people Mm -hmm. and yes, everybody got it and everybody's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Well, you said something else that was really interesting to me where a lot of people in a pandemic or, or, you know, they would die in the streets or die at home, which people did. Right. But did not, they? I, I don't know. Did You're they? right. You're right. I say that just assuming, right. right? We heard a lot about hospital deaths. And that that was, uh, there were so many things that kind of made me question the information that we were being given. And and one of them was, if this, if this was a really fatal illness and you were just doomed if you got it you know chances were you weren't going to survive which is how they made it seem yes why weren't people dying in the grocery store why won't why didn't the homeless population die right i mean not that i want them dead but but really there were there were people that are living high-risk lives that all did fine or any number of people that were deemed essential workers Myself included, right. Jeff obviously included. Yeah. I mean, Me. cops that were out yeah. dealing with people. Yeah, people I didn't get a day off work field. for COVID. Well, the weird yeah. thing, sorry to kind of, Unless the I fact had that COVID. we're talking about this and that we're kind of like, we have to kind of like, oh, don't say it out loud kind of thing. I mean, we're doing yeah. it on podcasts and stuff, but isn't that kind of strange? Like we're questioning our government and that used to be okay. And we're not questioning the science because we're all interested in science. Right. The, the point of science is to question the declarations of this. We're people. not allowed to question anymore. Right. Well, when, when, one of the first eye-opening moments that I had came from my daughter, who was a college student in Arizona, and she got sent home like they all did. <clears throat> and I 
you know, that was the first two weeks uh, where we were going to um, stay home or whatever for two weeks. Mm-hmm. There was a phrase for it. I don't flatten remember. the curve. Two weeks to right, flatten the curve. Right, flatten the curve. And so I was, one, I was a little worried about work, you know, what work was going to be like. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, shit. And if we were going to have enough beds, we never ran out of beds. Just going to say that. I never to ran out of beds, that. never ran out of ventilators. Um, we were told that it was. Uh, of course we were, yeah. but we weren't. Um, but, we, but we didn't. Um, we also, anyway, she was a science major. And so I was. What the hell happened not, to you, Jeff? Not letting. Your whole family's a bunch of brilliant scientists. <laughs> I, I was a shithead. <laughs> not letting my um, kids go anywhere. You know, I mean, I, I kind of, I was, I was a little afraid. And I think that was right where they wanted us. I think, you know? I think we all were for yeah. at least, a, at least. I mean, we didn't really know. We, we didn't know what we were dealing with. Right. And we latched so, on to solidarity with each other. We're like, okay, we're in this together. We can do this. Right. You know, yeah. Right. I was totally willing to flatten the curve for two weeks. I thought, okay. I mean, it didn't sound like fun, but shoot, I've done worse things for two weeks. I can do that. For real. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and so my daughter who I think was 19, not, not quite 20. No, she was 20. Well, no, she wasn't 20. She was 19. doesn't matter. She, um, I was having them, I made a 10% bleach water solution mm-hmm. and I wanted them to um, spray down the all the handles, like the remote controls, the door handles, um, the cupboards, the countertops. Mm-hmm. The groceries. Know. Well, I didn't go that far, <laughs> but every, I never had These my groceries These apples delivered. taste nasty. Well, <laughs> soak, soak the bread in bleach. <laughs> they Stand do. Bread. They already do that. <laughs> Sounds but white. Anyway, so we... Uh, so I, they, they were home. All three of my kids were home, which was just such a, the blessing in the whole thing. But Right. Um, I loved that part of it. Yeah, that. it was great. But they... They were very compliant, like, okay, mom, you know, we'll, we'll do that. And so they did for about two days. And then I was at work and I was texting them all and asking if they had done their bleaching for the hour or whatever. (laughs) And my daughter in the kindest, sweetest way, when I got home from work that night said, you know, mom, I'm, I'm happy to wipe everything down for you a few times a day. That's just not a problem. I will do that if that's what you want. But do you remember that viruses need a host? So it doesn't really matter what they're telling us on TV. Viruses cannot live on a surface, <laughs> period. They need a We're host. All, everybody in America for the first couple months were just going through their books and like, I went to school for this. I know. This is, what's going on? <laughs> well, it was the first gigantic light bulb moment. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you are so right. Yeah. Stop. You don't have to bleach anything anymore. <laughs> I will stop. I was getting undressed in my garage because I didn't want to wear my clothes that I was in the hospital, even though we didn't have any COVID patients. And we did eventually, but you know, in those first couple of weeks, we did not have COVID patients on the um, unit that I was working in. And, um, you know, I was still getting stripping down to my undies in the, in the freezing garage my husband would bring me my robe. My stuff would go right into the washing machine, and I would go straight to the bathroom and shower. And because it was supposed to live on your hair, yeah. and yeah. like I, and I, I realized, you know, within a couple of days that that actually was hysteria, and I wasn't going to participate yeah. in that. And that's a crazy. I did that's a crazy fine. component of of the human mind that's not unknown to powers that be that would seek to manipulate it mm-hmm. is oh well electric being, being able to oh, uh, yeah. yeah i mean i got like a crazy example of that in my personal to. life was my my mom once upon a time was convinced that her house was infested with bugs like 
fleas and bed bugs and um, what are they called? Chiggers or the Ticks, little yeah. chiggers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it, like she was so convinced that she had like she's like I put my head against a headrest at a skeezy doctor's office and then they're home and now my whole house is infested and I have to like burn my clothes and I can't eat and like she was like I'm throwing up bugs that I accidentally swallowed and stuff and I was like mom I'm I don't want to say that you're crazy, but are you sure? Like, are you sure about this? Because that sounds really extreme to me. And if you're really going through that, I'd like to help you. But that just sounds a little crazy to me, (laughs) you know, it was with as much love as I can muster when I say that. And this went on for not days, not weeks, but months with her until she ended up having to get psychological help to work through the fact that she was being hysterical about it Mm -hmm. because she had just been given this suggestion and no, she went to see several doctors about it and every, every single one of them told her, you don't have a bug problem that we can discern. I think you have a mind problem and it's like something as simple as it being suggested that her house could be infested with bugs beyond her ability to get on top of, which can happen, but there's ways to solve it. You know, like yeah. it's not going to be like a month's long. They're in all your food. Kind My of wife thing, did show me know? like a bunch of like bugs can get under your skin. Oh, fuck it. This is yeah. a weird plant. Is there scabies in there? Yeah. Gross. Oh, oh by the way, do you remember when dad and I got scabies? I do. Yeah. Dad and I were living alone at the time. And you know, my father, you know, I, I like to tease him about his OCD cleanliness. <laughs> Uh, that was a rough couple. I mean, I was like five when this happened, and I remember it well. I mean, it was all the clothes got washed every day, all the sheets. I mean, it was not just take a shower. It was scrub it down, plus all the medicines for a couple mm-hmm. weeks. We, we had a huge scabies outbreak in the hospital in 2002. Oh, wow. And there was uh, two nurses worked on two different floors, and they were married. And so um, the wife took uh, care of a patient with scabies. She contracted it. She brought it home to her husband. And then it sort of went rampant. Then, like, all the nurses that were taking care of this patient were were getting it. And so the hospital. What a nightmare. The hospital. Burn it. Yeah. Actually, well, they, the patient eventually went home and they were able to deep clean and it all got taken care of. But the hospital, this is in 2002, I was pregnant, so I couldn't take the treatment. But the, they said down in the pharmacy, they wanted every employee to come down to the pharmacy. They were going to check your name off and they were going to give you a bottle of this highly toxic, um, as toxic enough that you couldn't use it if you were pregnant, uh, mm-hmm. lotion. And you were you were going to, you know, bathe your entire family in this substance nope. to whether you had evidence of scabies or not this nope. was your duty as a <laughs> hospital employee okay. and we got emails um, again like I said I was pregnant so I couldn't take the medication but I could email them back <laughs> and I said how dare you tell me what is going to happen my in my house. own home, yeah. with my own family, my own children, mm. you ex- I said, I, you expect me to treat them with poison with no evidence of my family having this infestation. I mean, if I had it, I would treat it. But we didn't. But that, that overreach, I was like, are you 
crazy. That is yeah. the most ridiculous thing I ever had. They're like, we're heard. just warming up. Don't worry. <laughs> right? I know. Yes. Then 18 years later. But yeah. anyway, so. I guess it was a, sh- a slow burn. It was. So um, anyway, the next day they retracted their statement. I'd like to think it was all because I of hope me. So. But <laughs> I think that there was more than one person we'll that probably you. said, you've lost your mind. But it was all we'll very sober. And they're like, oh, yeah, we are stupid, aren't we? We can't right? actually yeah. tell people what to do just because we have a picture. Oh. But point being, a little bit of fear pushed in the right direction can cause, especially when it's lots of people involved mm-hmm. and not just one or two, it can cause mayhem. All kinds yeah. of fucking mayhem. To the mayhem. right people. I mean, you you really need in this day and age, I get on in all day and ages, I guess, to have a strong self-concept and a strong constitution of who you are, what your values are, mm-hmm. and what where the boundaries lie between you and, you know, your job and it's, or whatever. I mean, you have to have firm boundaries mm-hmm. because, and those that don't get sucked in, you know, yeah. and, and be a huge skeptic and always be skeptical. Yeah. Fuck. That's how I was raised. For example, like let's go back to COVID for a second. Um, you want to go back to the data that I researched? <laughs> I would love to do some of that. Well, one of the things that I noticed, like, again, I have a mild background in, in a little bit of science that I love. Biochemistry was super fun. Epidemiologists, immunologists, virologists, they're all kind of in that field. Jeff, uh, Jeff just got COVID. Yeah, he's the, Jeff's a good <laughs> example tight. of cell malfunction. <laughs> um, what I found, one of the things like, like you, where you're like, oh, I just can't believe that because it goes against literally something I know deep down where it's Correct. like viruses don't live on fucking random stuff was the epidemiologist there's only i don't know guess a thousand epidemiologists in the world two thousand epidemiologists it's not a super populated position it's a difficult thing to become when covid happened they shut down like half of them like because there was some that i actually listened to before covid and stuff because it's like i just want to check in and see what the science is saying about this and that and they, they that's like a harvard epidemiologist that had had published he was like one of the most published, you know, it was that story over and over again, mm-hmm. not just in the United States and other countries where it's like, okay, there's only a thousand say, wouldn't you want to hear all of them since they're the only people on the yeah. planet that study this shit, you're mm-hmm. dismissing half of them. Why? Yeah, because the fact, I didn't the follow fact the that, rules. Yeah, that the fact that any of that was suppressed mind. was, was really all I needed to know. You really know, all I needed to see to know there was an they agenda. They were called quacks right. by people that yeah. have no fucking idea what epidemiology is. Yeah. It's like, you're always oh, a quack because of this. It's like, no, it's, he teaches epidemiology at the best medical school yeah. in our just, country. He just doesn't fit it's, in it's your, the science it, of into your ideology. Exactly. Well, and when I heard... It's a study of epidemes, obviously. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> well, of course it is. When I... I was, you know, I mean, I think when somebody gets blacklisted like that that doesn't turn me off that intrigues me because oh, i'm yeah. like oh let me read more what do you yeah, know same. what do you I, it why me are off you than turned me off i was right. like what's going on here what, what do you know skeptic brain on it's like they maybe they are wrong maybe i, I always want to give people the benefit of the doubt absolutely like when the government's out they're like we, we care about you we really yeah. do i know we've never proven that no, we care don't. about you in the history and we can't actually care about you because we don't know you but we care yeah, well, scientists don't. are wrong all the time yes they are you know but they're still scientists, which, in my opinion, makes them still worth hearing out. Well, know? the best part like, is that there's the, other scientists the data, trying to figure it out. The data will bear out. Like, the, there's no. It's, it's never a bad thing to have an abundance of data, right? Even even if, if you have a bunch tainted. of stuff that's well, yeah, right. yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. But being able to take a mean average of of findings and opinions 
can be pretty illuminating and you kind of muddy those waters when you just start going nope 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 (laughs) just just because it doesn't fit the result that you're trying to get right well that that's in a microcosm that's what happened with the masking thing we, we listened to fauci and he said don't get those masks because they were afraid that all of the nurses wouldn't get them and all the doctors wouldn't get them and america listened and they said okay oh i guess we don't really need masks it's not that big a deal the doctor that's telling us and then a little bit later he said no we fucking need them and if, if you don't wear them you're a fucking leper messiah get the fuck out of our society and you're like and then you need two or three probably right also and it kept changing and stuff and that's back to another thing where it's like okay well I know that an N95 mask can let shit in too. Like, but these fucking masks that I'm supposed to buy at the store, that's not. That stay on the box so they don't protect you. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm supposed to ignore that. Mm -hmm. And if I say that online, I get kicked off online Mm -hmm. and it's like, they want us to be stupid. Is Mm -hmm. that it? Or is it just, they do. You're easier to control when you're stupid. That sucks. My whole deal with, with this planet. Fuck you planet. (laughs) My whole deal with the mask thing was like, listen, uh, if if you're if you're worried personally, anything is is better than nothing at all. I guess to at least to some degree. Like if I sneeze and I'm wearing cloth on my face, less spit will get on you. Right. You know, yeah. shit's still gonna come through in a particulate manner. But but hey, whatever. No, my get- my issue was not with with people being having a desire to wear masks it's the nor, nor Tell with me them the being truth. encouraged to wear masks. My my issue was with it becoming like a, a mandatory. Um, facet of being able to exist in in society society, you know and they didn't say the truth that doesn't that doesn't make sense to me you know like the first time we were able to take our masks off according to jay um we were at target my kids and i and i wasn't wearing a mask because the second (sighs) i didn't have to it was off Mm -hmm. and i my kids weren't wearing them either and so we went into target and we're shopping around and my daughter, the same daughter, who said um, viruses don't grow on uh, or live on surfaces, also <laughs> said she's a smart girl. She said, um, <clears throat> "She gonna run for Congress?" No? I know she <laughs> she's smarter than that. <laughs> nice. Good answer. Good answer. She um, she said, "You know, it's really interesting, Mom. Nobody is the only people that are wearing masks are my age." And she was, you know, nineteen or twenty. She's twenty two now, but. Uh, no, the only people, the people that are your age aren't wearing masks at all. I'm like, yeah, because we, you know, we get it. It's, you know, we, we can see through this and you guys and your whole generation is just drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Yeah. They're too young to have well, the experience. Yeah, who, they like, are. Who could blame them, man? Like yeah. if I was, I can't imagine being their age and going through all of that. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm remembering the way I was at that age and it's like, I mean, I was still a contrarian, but I didn't know shit, you know, like if, mm-hmm. if there was, if there was fear being applied and I was getting so much information from all angles, I'd be like, well, what's the safer bet? I guess I'll just fucking wear this thing. I don't know what's going on. This is, this is beyond me, you know? But when we grew up like to rebel against society and our parents and stuff like that, we were like, fuck the system. Fuck these guys like rock and roll bitches. We ain't, we are not, we're nothing like you guys. And like the, the rebels of today with, with all of the, the regalia that they have that shows how independent they are and stuff. It's like, uh, you guys are literally mirroring the comments of the government, the biggest companies, the media companies, like 
wow. That's all they know. That's punk rock, bro. You yeah. guys are punk rock. <laughs> they they don't have any idea what it means to like really stick it to the man. They no. just, they don't. They like, they think that, that they are. I'm gonna yeah. stick it to the man, man. I'm gonna wear a mask. I'm gonna wear two masks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm subtly sticking it to him. I, not that it's bad to. I mean, I know, there's probably something wrong with all of us that we're contrarians, and there's probably something silly that we shouldn't. There is nothing wrong with me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm perfect. <laughs> we, were, we were born perfect children, obviously. <laughs> I, I gathered all of your guys' missing imperfections and just forged them into one. <laughs> use them as, oh, there you go. One giant piece of shit. And use them as blackmail later. All right. Well, I feel like we could probably go off on this stuff for a while. I have a question before we leave it. All right. Did, did it seem to you, because you were working in hospitals yep. during all of that. Yep. Was there, were the, because you said you didn't run out of beds, but were the emergency rooms over, overloaded with people who were going th- when they shouldn't really be going to the emergency they room? They still are. That yeah. has not stopped. Mm. Really? Um, See, that seems more dangerous to me than running out of beds. Talk about that a little bit. I want to hear more about uh, that. ER, ERs are a mess in, in our whole community. Um, I was, well, oh gosh, you guys, this could get way onto a different tangent, but, That's right. but there's That's a lot what we of, it's called just a ride. <laughs> we'll do a loop de loop with you. There's a lot of, um, psychiatric stuff. I, I don't, I am not an ER nurse. So when I float to the ER, I go as a sitter. So I am to have, you know, eye contact, not eye contact, but I am to have my eyes on one or two people continually. They're in violent restraints, mm. um, homicidal, uh, um, psychotic, suicidal, alcohol withdrawal, all this self-inflicted stuff and mental and mental illness, but a lot of suicidal ideation and that sort of thing. Um, there were the other day there were thirty patients, thirty ER pediatric patients. I think eight or ten of them were psych. You know, suicide attempts, suicidal ideation homicidal aggressive behavior like and so that's that was a third of the pediatric department it's way more than that and I don't know what the statistics are but there's a whole lot more psych stuff in the um, emergency room than actual illness like chest pain and people come in because our I think our medical system is so mismanaged like if you people come in for fever and chills well in the olden days, like 10 years ago, when you had a fever and chills, you would call your doctor, get an appointment, and they could see you and and or give you advice over the phone mm-hmm. or they could order that x-ray if you just, you know, smashed your foot or, you know, whatever. And now people go to the ER. You could, you know, they would at least order the x-ray first. You can get the x-ray done. And then, oh, in fact, your foot is broken. You need to go have it looked at and it's the weekend and so you have to go to the emergency room or whatever but emergency rooms are used more um like an urgent care right and so the true people if they don't have insurance they know that they'll get it exactly or or food Mm. oh wow yeah or warmth there was a man um how we doing guys america right yeah it's really sad there were um there was a man who was uh aggressive and kicking at walls and trying to smash windows and stuff at a local um, restaurant here. It wasn't me this time. In town. <laughs> and we can do it the kids, you know, running the restaurant called the police because they were scared and they did exactly what they should have done. And so the police came and they picked him up and he was very violent and very strung out on some sort of whatever. And they took him to jail 
and the jail couldn't process him because he was still too violent. So to me, the most reasonable place to leave a violent person is in the jail, but yeah, instead they, they brought did. him to the yeah, hospital. Think about that. You're so uh, you're too violent for jail. Does so that make a, a lot of so sense? We'll take yeah. you to the hospital. Well, and that, so and that, that comes from the call, and that comes from the call of the nurses that work in and in processing in the jail. If they can't get answers to the questions that they ask them, they'll just say, "Nope, you got to cuff him back up and take him to the hospital." Hmm. So we sedated the crap out of him. And he was on a gurney in four-point restraints, and I never saw the whites of his eyes because he was out. Well, I guess that's why they brought you to the yeah, hospital. Like, they got the good stuff. Yeah, I mean, he was out. But you know, but then when he wakes up, he's going to be raging again. Matter, and and I I wish that our prison system would change their. I wish they would open a psych ward. Yeah, that's a big problem in America. Mm-hmm. Why we don't have that anymore, mm-hmm. and it doesn't need to be treated like a prison. No, but it, but we but people need treatment. It's know? an embarrassing part of our history, the, mm-hmm. the psych wards, because I could go off on a tangent, but I wouldn't know what I'm talking about. So here, um, I wanted to ask you something. If this is something that would be interesting, like I'm interested in what you think about this. Uh, the libertarian movements. There's lots of people that think like that and want to get the hospital, the medical and industrial system. <laughs> you can work outside of it. So some doctors will start a little private practice mm-hmm. and they will not accept insurance. Instead, they will, they've basically started, they will accept insurance. I'm sure too. I'm sure some of these, but they basically started a co-op kind of thing where you see how much everything costs for the basic stuff. Like if you hurt yourself, uh, basically the whole point of it was about 80, 75, 80% of the stuff that they, they say that hospitals generally do can be done through a phone call and with, with text messages and photos and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so most of it's that. And so they pay, like we would just pay a hundred bucks a month, say, and you know, you get all this stuff and then when, and then give you a menu basically, or, or, you know, if you break your arm, it costs like a this fee for much. service sheet. Exactly. Yeah. So you know exactly how much you're spending out of pocket if you want to, if you have to. And when it comes to a big thing, then they have a, a kind of a group thing that they do as well. And it kind of insulates itself. I'm sure that because it's competing against medical industrial complex, that it's very difficult to do what would be an actual free market, but it's, I looked around and there's some here in Spokane. There's at least one in Spokane. Um, what do you think about that kind of thing where you're taking, uh, away from the, you're decentralizing it. Does that seem a, yeah, like a valuable thing? I mean, thing or? as long as it's, what are the as drawbacks? long as you're getting good health care, right. I don't think there's drawbacks to good health care. I mean, you know, preventative care is good, important, um, you don't need to go to the ER for a fever and chills or constipation or like, I mean, you, the things that people come in for are crazy. But they don't oh. have a doctor to call. If they had, right. if you could pay a hundred bucks a month and then be able to send a picture of your butt to your doctor and be like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be, yeah, I was going to say, that was probably so one of the strangest Zoom calls I ever had was when I had to call my doctor about hemorrhoids. And he wanted to look over at Over Zoom. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, show me the butt into the webcam. You know, funny, amusing true story though. I had to, I had to collect my own uh, stool sample one time, which was just a very fascinating experience for me. <laughs> they were like, yeah, we're going to need a stool sample. I'm like, okay. Like right now they're like, no. We're going to give you a kit and then you're going to mail it to us. I was you like, had to play with your poop. Yeah, I was like, you're going to give, I, I'm going to mail you my poop? <laughs> they were like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. We do it all the time. I Look, was like, I only do that to congressmen. I send poop to congressmen. <laughs> and you should have seen my face when I'm asking these. I'm like, so what do I do? And they're like, well, just catch some. I was like, catch. What? You just catch some. What, what do you they, mean? Just catch Come some on. fucking poop. My <laughs> own poop. They're like, yeah, it's got to be before it goes in the toilet water. I was like, how? <laughs> 
want me to just put paper towels on my kitchen floor and squat? <laughs> <laughs> it's not where my brain went, Take but I get it. I'm thinking, it. I'm not, I was thinking litter box. I'm not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not pooping in my hand, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that's what catching it sounds like. That's Catch what, it. No, that's what they wanted me to do. Should I, mean, I have a buddy like, come just over? Just get a bunch of toilet paper. True monkey. I was like, that's not going to happen. I'll be too tempted to throw it at my neighbor. And then I'm going to, and then I'm going to, and so then me, I'm like, I did it at work. <laughs> I, I should get this my, done on the clock. I took my sealed sample box out and just like put it on my desk in my office <laughs> and let it sit there for like an hour because I had to wait to go get, for a chance to go to the post What's office. What's in the box, Shane? So, yeah, seriously, people coming in my office like, what's that? I'm like, it's Smell shit. it. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if we sit here long enough, you'll, you'll be able to know exactly what it is. It's not sealed that well. <laughs> But I'd still kind of rather do that than waste a doctor's time, you know, if I have to. Like, if I can do it, I'll do it. It's, you know. So I think it's a great idea. I mean, I think, I think, I, yeah, things are just so hard. What keeps doctors from doing that, I wonder? From doing that more? Are they afraid of... Well, money. Yeah. I mean, it's I don't so know. It's so expensive they, to become charge, a doctor. So. It is. It's, it's expensive to become a doctor. And so then you have student loans that you have to pay back. And you have to be in, in, this, in the wheel, you know, a cog in the wheel to pay back your student loans. And yeah. you can still make some pretty decent money. And, you know, you couldn't do that necessarily as a specialist, right? But as a general right. practitioner, you could. Yeah, exactly. That's what it so, seems like they're doing. As long as they're referring, you know, appropriately to things that aren't, you know, that are out of their scope. Like right. you have something very strange on your skin or whatever, and you really need to see a dermatologist. Then, well, yeah, how many times? And then how does that get paid for? That's so, the other thing. So, right. You know, if you only have this, I mean, you you would still have to have medical insurance. Yes, I think so. Because, or, or something, because you can't, you're not going to be able to, if you do have uh, like a, I don't know, some sort of the sort of thing where you need to see a special to, specialist, whatever it is, you're, you're not going to be able to afford even the office visit. Right. Most people. See, that's the, the, the reason they're doing this is a fundamental thing. It's, it's partly to be give people access that don't have insurance and stuff and it's a different business model but it's partly to help these are libertarians so they're kind of trying to change the thing like why does it cost so much at the hospital mm -hmm. it's partly inflation but it's not just inflation mm -hmm. it's because the government is involved and it guarantees certain things and that just incentivizes people to raise prices it incentivizes insurance companies to double bill or bill the maximum or what, do all sorts of weird things and so this idea is to they can't do it by themselves, so it is kind of a fruitless idea. And you're right. Like when it comes to a big surgery, they paid two hundred fifty dollars for their little thing that they did, and they, oh yeah, the doctor helped me. And then it's like, well, you got to pay eighty thousand to go get your ankle fixed or whatever. Well, right. I know, perfect. So, I mean, how many times? I mean, but they're they're fighting against that basically by doing this, by trying to make a true market that competes with it. It'll, people will be like, wait, it costs it costs three dollars to get an aspirin from Doctor Tim, but from Doctor Bill at the hospital, it costs three thousand or three hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. Like. Uh, why you know mm -hmm. I, it's part of the question where it's like how come it's cheaper in mexico to get these same pills or in canada what's right. going on here and it's like well it's not the greed of the corporation it's it partly that of course but it's this whole practice of the cartel kind of mm -hmm. thing so what do you know. think about there being uh, like a fund that gets paid into from several sources that is specifically for covering like the very common emergency 
It's like insurance. Services. That's what insurance well, is supposed well, to be. But I mean, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, I kind my, of. Like, I don't have insurance. I'm part of a co-op. That's exactly what well, it would be. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's well. I mean, but like, so like, so what I'm driving at is like, if anybody had to like shit that's not related to you not taking good care of yourself, like stuff that could just happen to anybody, yeah, like oh, you got to get your tonsils out. Yeah, yeah. You got you got to get your appendix removed because it was going to kill you. You know, mm-hmm. which just happened to me recently. <laughs> you know, it's just like like being stuck with a forty thousand dollar bill for something that was not my fault. It just I had a vestigial organ that decided to try to kill me. <laughs> like I take good care of myself. It's like, your family lines. It's not, it's not like it's not like I let myself get five hundred pounds through neglect and had a heart attack. Like that I mean, sucks and I hope I can still get help, but that's kind of on me, you know. Right. Like, it, like if I got stuck with bills for that, I'd be like, Yeah, mm. or car accidents you know. or you yeah. know, I mean accidents happen mm-hmm. and and that's what insurance is for. Yeah. You know, to pay for those big Medical bills shouldn't so crush crooked, you. Though, no. like it's even after insurance, you still just like there's like like anesthesia is not covered under a lot of insurance. Right. And it's like, okay, well if you need <laughs> surgery, you need anesthesia. Yeah. yeah. It's just the way it is. If you're tough, you, know? you don't. Yeah, you're, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dad dad probably doesn't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they okay. wouldn't even let me refuse morphine at the hospital when I went. I was I was like, I'm fine. Like it hurts, but I don't want it. Because you're being a whiny little bitch. They was tired of it. I was sitting there quietly. Usually these people want it because of being whiny bitch. Like, that was stop hurting. Yeah. You're like, I want to keep hurting. All right. Well, I feel like we could talk about all this stuff for hours Ever. and hours and hours. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, and awesome. I'm back still back on I saw you light up when you brought up the food pyramid. I'd love, I just did a, commer- a fake commercial about that because I called it my ration sack. That's the new thing that they're doing. Yeah. It's not, but they're like, eat the bugs. You can eat some right. grass. You know, right. blah, blah. <laughs> but they also had the my plate I, that came my after because there was mm-hmm. there was the food pyramid. Mm-hmm. Then there was my, my food pyramid. Mm-hmm. Then there was my plate, which mm-hmm. was I think Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that was just like I eat all the corn. Or, I think that was a, just eat corn. You'll be fine. Just eat corn because it was before that was eat wheat thins. Corn, Zach. God damn it. <laughs> well, before the the food pyramid was I. I Remember being in high school, thinking like, "Okay, I want to eat healthy. I need I'm an athlete. Of bread. I, I'm going to quit. I'm, I'm not going to be an athlete anymore. I'm going to go play guitar. I don't want to get all big and stuff." What does it say here? Oh, I should eat twelve servings of wheat thins a day. <laughs> Can do. <laughs> That's With a healthy cheese whiz. Yeah, exactly. And, like, <laughs> and a gallon of milk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Lots of milk. God, I drank so much milk because of those milk commercials as a kid. And not, it does the body and good. Not breast oh. milk. Not yeah, well, that's why I have like man breasts is because all the milk I ate, <laughs> all the estrogen in the cows. That I don't, I don't feel like we, I'm not a baby cow shade, and I don't know what happened. I don't feel like we need the FDA. No, I don't think so. Hot either. take. Like, that's how all this started. Was you asked a question about the FDA? Yeah, and I, I feel like the FDA <laughs> does more harm than good, personally. I don't know what the good is that they do. I get the checks and balances. Like we want somebody to checks and balance, but we don't live in a utopia. And that's what the market does. And we don't want people to be guinea pigs for it either. But industries in other countries end up regulating themselves, like in Sweden and and a lot of the Scandinavian countries. They don't need necessarily the government to do it. Because I don't know what government... I don't know what expertise a bureaucrat brings to the table. It's like, are you a scientist? Then maybe. But if you don't want to be a scientist because you want to be a bureaucrat... What's going on? The FDA like, is a government organization. Is that true or not? Yeah. Federal, uh, what the fuck is it's it? The food and it's drug. Food and drug. And drug and, yes, but it's under the Department of Agriculture, I believe. Okay. Edit Health and Human Services, I believe, but yeah, don't so check me. I don't, I don't feel like we need a government institution to explain nutrition to people or tell them it's not safe to drink bleach, Is I guess is what I'm saying. Right. You know? Well, I'm, I'm all for taking warning labels off of everything, so... <laughs> Jeff's a big fan of natural selection. He likes Darwinism. <laughs> no. 
I don't know. We've gone all over the place, haven't we, on this one? Yeah. This has been a loop-de-loop. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> You're so yeah. welcome. This has been a blast. Oh, we're not done yet. No, <laughs> we're still, yeah. Uh, why don't, we're going to talk about 75 Hard a little bit, but there was, a, there was another thing, and you're going to take us into, I think. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah, this is about Sis. Um, so, uh, Amazing story. First, I, so there's a lot of us uh, doing 75 Hard, and I know we kind of pre-recorded this, so we'd be in day 40-something by the time this comes out, I believe. Yeah, we're three weeks uh, out on this one. And my sister actually uh, has already done 75 Hard, and uh, I believe you're going to do it again. You're, I'm going to do it again. It. I'm going on vacation, and then after my vacation. Yeah, I, I saw that vacation. I was pretty excited <laughs> about that. So, um, but I'm learning more about something that I, 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 would you call it a, a deficiency that you grew up with, or would it? It's you a call congenital it? um, anomaly disease. Right. So, and I and, fucking love the word anomaly. And understanding <laughs> understanding the difficulties that my sister grew up with, um, which now. I'm going to let her tell the story ultimately, but she was able to do 75 hard growing up with some incredible uh, challenges to where like she couldn't raise a glass and toast it. Or I can remember her having to do her hair with her elbows on the counter to brush her hair or she couldn't, you know, be it. I couldn't take a selfie. I can take selfies now. Yeah, I'm taking a few today. So anyway, so growing up as a child, they believed you had. So, yeah, I guess I, I, it was around eight or nine. I think it was around the time our parents were getting divorced. So it wasn't the best time of my life. I do know as an as an infant, I didn't walk, or as a child, I didn't walk till I was eighteen months, and I never crawled. Um, but they, you know, I'm fifty five, so they didn't they didn't um, put a lot of thought into that kind of stuff like they would now. Like if that happened to a child now, there would be all kinds of therapy involved, mm-hmm. <clears throat> physical therapy and stuff. Um, and then when I was eight or nine, maybe 10, I can't really remember, um, people started noticing that my gait was different. Explain what a gait is. A walk, walk, the way yeah. I walked was different. And and I didn't notice. I mean, I didn't know. And, um, and so I'm not sure who brought it to our parents' um, awareness, like who brought it up to them. But they decided that they were going to have, you know, take me to doctors and see if there's anything that they could do. And um, so I went to neurologists. um, I had muscle biopsies done. um, I had another, like an EC or CGM, or I don't know, I can't remember what it's called, but they did, they put like needles into different muscles to test the um, electromagnetic. Um, abilities of my muscles that I would flex with these needles in my muscles. And I was young. I was, yeah, nine or 10. So it wasn't the most pleasant. You know, you felt a lot like a lab rat and um, lots of doctor's appointments. And they never really came up with anything. And again, this is back in the mid seven, well, late seven. 70s probably. So, but, they, but then Uncle Bobby and Mom also had the same condition. Yeah, correct? my mom had it has it as well. Although I don't, I don't know. Her, our walk is different, I think. Um, and then my uncle, the same, yeah, the same thing. Like he's he's kind of a burly guy, physical guy, but it's um, he has it kind of differently than I do, or than Mom and I do. But anyway, so I went to neurologists and all this stuff had all pediatric neurologists had all this stuff done, and the only thing they came up with was, well, she has muscular dystrophy. We don't know what type. There really isn't anything we can do about it, but she'll just do what she can and. You know, we we have basically we have no answers for you. Right. 
And so just what you want to hear. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 20. I didn't really think anything of it. You know, I mean, it was like, well, whatever. So there's been limitations that I've lived with my whole life. Like, it's not a mistake that I work with infants and healthy women. Like, I could not do CPR on a person that needed like a, I can do it on a baby, but I can't do it on I couldn't do it on an adult, not in order to save their life just because I don't have the upper body strength to you know, lean into the chest the way they're supposed to. So I get tested on CPR every um, four months, three months. And um, I've managed to pass all these years, but I cheat. So, (laughs) um, and, uh, you know, I could never really snow ski, but I, but I always tried to stay really as active as I possibly could. So, I mean, there are things that I can do. So I power walk. But you couldn't adjust your rear view mirror, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, so it's like shoulder. Your, your yeah. It's like shoulder above. girdle muscles and pelvic girdle muscles were affected. And I learned that the more I, I learned this after 75 hard and then it all started making sense. The more you use the muscle instead of getting stronger, you feel more fatigued, which on uh, for 75 hard on my um, outdoor Activities. I just walked. I power walked. I have a lot of hills in my neighborhood. And, of course, it was snowy, so that was hard. But um, and anyway, so I just – but on day one, I did not feel better on day 75 than I did on day one. Mm. In fact, I felt weaker. So by day 75, getting up, I just have a step, uh, a porch, and a step up. I was having to get support to do that step. Like I have a, um, a pillar that I kind of had to lean, uh, grab onto to get up that step onto my porch so that I could get in my front door. But I don't know. That just really wasn't all that abnormal for me. But I was expecting to feel better on day 75 than I did on day one. But I didn't. Anyway, that's another story. Anyway, so my mom recently um, went to a neurologist for an issue that she was having. And she ended up telling her neurologist all about this muscle weakness because as she's gotten older... She's lost a lot of muscles, as we do when we age, but her strength has gotten... More so than normal, though. Yeah, a, a lot, much, much worse. And so so she was asking about that, and so he said, well, let's, you know, there's a lot of new diagnoses, a lot of new medications, let's see what we can do. We'll test you for everything that we know about muscular dystrophy. And so they did her genetics, and it came back, um, there wasn't one muscular dystrophy on it. They're oh, like, you. No. They're like, we don't know what you have, but it isn't muscular dystrophy. For decades, so, you're like, oh, great. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, so let's do, um, let's do other tests. And so he did other tests and found out that what it is is congenital myasthenia gravis. Common spelling on that, right? <laughs> what? That's a common spelling on that. Yeah, myasthenia, M-Y-S-T-H-E-N-I-A. Um, and... Anyway, so, but the good news was is that there's medication for it. So what's been happening my entire life is at the nerve and muscle junction, you have um, amino acids that are there as communicators. And one of them is acetylcholine. And acetylcholine is, I have too much acetylcholine inhibitor, which is called acetylcholinesterase. And so it would inhibit some of my muscles and nerves from talking so the muscles were never getting innervation. Oh no. Right. <clears throat> so yeah, so there are things I couldn't do. Like one of the things I regret the most or feel that like makes me the saddest if I think about why I didn't get this in my thirties when I was having kids is that I could never like do this with your babies, you know, oh, like throw yeah. them up in the air and like I could never I could never do that, which is kind of sad because it brought them so much joy. But their dad got to do it with them, so that's good. But <laughs> um 
anyway, you know, I mean, that's a little thing on the on the grand scheme of life. But um, anyway, so the doctor that diagnosed my mother said, who else needs, you know, might have this. I want to I want them to do genetic testing for your diagnosis. And so she mentioned myself and her brother and we both got tested and, and ours, mine and my uncle's are exactly the same. Hers is a little bit different. Mm. Um, my uncle won't take the medicine cause he's weird. And my <laughs> mom is having issues with the medication, but I'm taking the medication. I take it every six hours. And we just saw you put your hands above your head. I know. And I can take selfies Yes, <laughs> and yeah. And I'm in physical therapy and, um, I've, you know, I was hoping it would be a quick fix. I don't, I don't know that. I mean, I don't think it will be, but that's okay. I'm in it for the long haul. It's, it's 55 years of atrophied muscle that she now has to, that gets the opportunity to yeah. build. So is. I'll take, I mean, I'll do, I mean, I'm, I'm doing a lot of PT and it's great and I love it and I'll do it until I have results or don't have results. I mean, I'll give it, you know, a good couple of years. And if it, if nothing ever changes, that's fine. I feel great. Like I feel amazing. I feel like my energy is so much better and yeah, I it's like a great. whole new lease on life. It is. It's say. crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's so, just you take that amazing. kind of thing for granted too. It's like oh, right? I'm gonna take a selfie today. Well, like, and that oh. was the thing too. I thought you all feel like this normal. Like every day, you guys feel this good. All you normies, <laughs> you feel this good. You all suck. That's why we drink Mountain Dew. Yeah, yeah to bring right? it down a bit. Yeah. And you guys, nobody has an excuse for not exercising. Sorry, you don't. Right. You mm-hmm. don't. You don't have an excuse to not take care of yourself when you feel good. Because I did it and I felt like crap a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. So it made me pretty and worse by the end of the by the end of right? it too because you didn't right? know what was yeah, going on. Yeah, I did seventy five hard. I don't know. I just was. I just wanted the challenge and and you know I've been a wife and a mom for twenty four years at the time. I think I just wanted to do something for me mm-hmm. and that's really what seventy five hard was about for me. And um, so I did it. I was super dedicated. I never had a restart. I didn't even drink wine on my 25th wedding anniversary because it wasn't on the program. <laughs> so it was... Uh, I remember your last day. You were so sick. I was so sick. The, That's right. You I you were forgot. on the treadmill and you're on the phone with me and you're crying. I'm just like, how much further you Come on. Just keep going. Just keep walking. Oh, and she was just dying on I that was thing. miserable. And That's right. It was my second, it was my second to second last, last day. day. Mm. And then the next day I felt fine and completed it. And the day that next day... Which was it the seventeenth or eighteenth of March? I can't remember. I, that, I don't remember. Seventeenth. We started on the same day. I, I think it was St. Patty's Day. Is yeah. it So that day, March seventeenth, was the day I started my Facebook page, the Keto RN, because I think a lot of physical changes happen for a lot of people on seventy five hard. I had some physical changes, like my pictures are they're decent. My before and I thought after. your before and afters were huge. Yeah, they were. They were pretty good. Um, but what happened to me emotionally and like. Like when you complete something like that, you're one of few. You're not one of many. You know, you're not it's not normal my, <laughs> to be you know, to, to take discipline. to do that kind of dedication and yeah. and all of that. But I you know, my kids have left home. I, I was just I was I was a wreck. I I needed to focus on myself and do some personal growth and get some boundaries and discipline back in my life and and, and think about and take care of myself because I hadn't. I mean I'd I'd had my kids at home. And um, I loved that time of my life, but it was a new phase. And so, mm-hmm. so I wanted to do something big and that's what I did. And, and, um, and then that next day or the, or the last day of 75 hard, I can't remember which I started my, um, my, my Facebook page and I just got brave and decided to start telling people about keto lifestyle and 
Yeah. And that's been amazing. Tell us a little bit about, about yeah, where, where do they go first? first? Where do, we oh, said the that key, once, but let's yeah, so, keep it fresh. Um, my my Facebook page is called the Keto RN, but if you put in Jen with one N, Jen the Keto RN, it'll bring it right up. There's more than one Keto RN. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so now I now I have over seventeen thousand followers, and we I post live videos, and I've recently gotten into reels. I've had a few go viral, which is really fun. Nice. Yeah, it's been kind of crazy. Very cool. Um, and um, I talk about you know kind of all things related to the keto diet i do a live i do a live almost every day usually i'm making dinner like tonight i did one on the salmon that we made for dinner it was really good Mm. um but and then also um selling my ketones my exogenous ketone business that i started um kind of around the same time so um i am a promoter for prove it and I sell exogenous ketones, and they have been huge in my life. Those actually, I mean, I've been drinking ketones for about three years. Um, but again, sort of another low point where <clears throat> it was right before the world shut down. But I was just struggling more with hormonal changes more than anything. Um, you know, and I was tired. I mean, this is despite the new diagnosis. Um, tired, not really wanting to do a lot, kind of cranky, putting on weight, and then I didn't know why or how, where it was coming from because nothing had really changed. Um, and just not feeling that great. And I, so I had been doing keto. Oh, I was also working night shift, and that probably had something to do with it. But I had actually transitioned off of night shift and was on day shift. And I thought I had, I had put on like 10 pounds or so on nights. And I thought, well, when I get it to days, it'll just fall right off. Well, that didn't happen. Um, cause women don't just drop weight after 50. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Right, right. And so, <clears throat> um, and I had, I had done keto and lost like 30 pounds and had kept it all off until this night shift stint. And, and, um, I just was like, something has got to change. And I found this product and I thought, well, I'll just try it. I mean, it's like a hundred bucks. I have nothing to lose except a hundred bucks. And I, that's not that big of a deal to me if it brings me you know, if it helps me, mm-hmm. it's going to be worth it. And so I ordered these um, ketones. I thought, well, they'll probably taste terrible. They're probably not going to work. I mean, me being the skeptic, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, there, it, I'm sure, you know, whatever. But again, there was still something that was like, you just don't have anything to lose, so just give it a shot. And so I did, and I drank them. Like, I, I got them a couple weeks later, days later, whatever. Drank them, and I was like, Oh man, because the first thing I noticed was that my brain felt better. Like I, I could focus, like I hadn't been able to focus. Um, and then my mood was better. Like I had happy, like I felt really happy. And so I'm telling the, this person that sold them to me, I'm like, I feel like amazing. (laughs) And they're like, yeah, it's amazing. But it's because ketones, which everybody can make, they're produced in your liver. Mm -hmm. If you're not if you're not eating very many carbs or sugar or drinking alcohol, um, and or you're fasting, those are the times that you. Well, nobody fasts anymore. I mean, I think it's getting it's kind of catching on. But, A little bit, yeah. But biologically, exactly. Biologically, we are not meant to have food available to us twenty four seven. We're just not meant to. We're also not meant to buy to eat food out of packages. Mm-hmm. And so, there's a couple Southeast Asian countries that. Uh, 
basically a fast day during mm-hmm. the week is a normal thing. A very big part of the normal diet yeah. is a fast day. Yeah. yeah. Once a week, 24 hour fast once yeah. a week is what I do. And I do some intermittent fasting about four days a week, but five days a week. Um, anyway, it's so what I learned was I, I learned a lot in a short amount of time. Um, ketones are the preferred fuel for your brain. Um, ketones are made by your liver and everybody can make them, but nobody does. And they make you feel freaking amazing. It's because we're eating Doritos too much. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Takis and Mountain Dew. Yep. Um, <laughs> it's so true. I mean, it's, that's the diet of all of the, all of the, uh, teenagers. And we talked about that gut brain access in neonates, right? Tiny, tiny babies and that it causes inflammation and is bad for their brains. Well, that doesn't stop when you're a neonate that their gut brain access is there Pretty always. Good, yeah. And yeah. the next, the next I'm, I'm convinced that the next wave of people who get into keto are going to get into it for mental health mm. because of what it does for the brain. It is amazing. And ketones just, they just lit my brain on fire. They, um, I felt energy that I hadn't felt. I was sleeping all of a sudden because I really couldn't sleep, which was why I was up scrolling Facebook mm. at four o'clock in the morning or something. I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, and so it's corrected um, my sleep, my the appetite control. They don't make you so that you're not that hungry. So they, if you are fasting, they prolong your fast. Mm. They don't break a fast. Um, they provide your brain with thirty percent more oxygen. Sheesh. But but you can you know ketones do that, but nobody wants to do the work. Is is the right is the thing? Nobody wants to make the effort, and because we have a society that is absolutely one hundred percent addicted to the the sugars and, like and the chemicals yeah, yeah. that they put in food, nobody can come off of them. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. Good. I did it. It's hard. I stopped eating sugar um, for Lent. I gave up sugar for Lent in twenty sixteen, I think, or twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. And I had a headache for six days. Like, I didn't know. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. I was like, what is this? But I, I didn't know at the time. It was from, withdrawal. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so I'm like, well, then I, I can't really go back. But my brother had lost a ton of weight at some point. So I thought he had done the Atkins diet. So I remember calling him and saying, what did you do? And he's like, oh, I did keto. I'm like, oh, well, maybe, maybe I'll try that. And now I've just made it my lifestyle. And I won't tell you that I'm like a perfect you know, keto diet person. I'm not. I have, I, I make mistakes often. It's a foundation for a lifestyle. Exactly. It is. And I have truly embraced it as a lifestyle and the ketones just make that one easier and just so much better. And they taste great. So there's lots That's of good flavors. A, I was going to ask yeah. that. Like, how was the taste? They taste. They actually <laughs> they're, taste they're really, awesome, really good. Actually. And, and I, I'm currently not on the ketones that she sells, but, but they're, Phenomenal! They are really good. Mm-hmm. So they, I can tell because you're not thinking clearly, buddy. Right? Uh, you're not sleeping well. Yeah, so, I'm not sleeping. So well. anytime you start talking about like diets and and lifestyle changes, there's inevitably it comes up the the caveat that everybody's body chemistry is different, mm-hmm. right? So have you? Is there are there people whose bodies are not well suited to a keto lifestyle? In your opinion, or is it more ubiquitous? I I think that. I think that human biology is about 98% the same. Mm. So I think maybe there's people that have allergies sure. or maybe there's people that have preferences and that's fine. If it's not for you, don't do it, but do something. Sure. Do something. Stop, stop eating out of a package. Yeah. Like we have so much power. We, 
I think that's a huge problem with the American population right now is we don't know the power that we have and the and power lies in dollars. And so if you were to stop buying Oreos, Oreos would stop existing. Yeah, mm-hmm. stop making Oreos and they'd make something that is good for you. Right. Do, you know. I mean, it's so it. We have more power than There's we realize. There's a lot realize. of people that are like, those are fighting words with Oreos. Well, I know. Now, have you tried but the thin Oreos? Those are very good. <laughs> but whatever it is, you know, I mean, it, it, it could be, you know, like you said, Doritos or Lay's potato chips or whatever. I mean, there's pl- there's so much food out there that is good and tastes good. But I think when people are ke- constantly putting chemicals in their mouth and, and that changes your palate. And so you don't you don't taste how good you know, like the salmon that I had tonight was fantastic. And Mm -hmm. we had air fried Brussels sprouts with olive oil and salt and pepper. And Mm. that was it. And like, I love, I've always eaten pretty healthy, but I was fat. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I lost 30 pounds. It wasn't like I was, I was, uh, you know, some skinny bitch. I wasn't, I never was. I was teased as a kid because I walked funny and I, was fat. <laughs> yeah, I was, was, was going to say. I mean, since you, uh, from fifty to now, I mean, you have developed and are in the greatest shape that you've ever been in your whole life. You always struggled with weight your yeah, whole life. Yeah. And I always thought it was just because of your condition, mm-hmm. which I think was a, a, a main. That's probably part of it. Of that. Yeah. But yeah, now I have no excuses, and <sighs> and I feel better than I mean, my fifties have by far been my best decade, and I'm only halfway through them. So that's awesome. And there's just been a lot of personal growth too. You know. I I mean, I will tell you that being somebody in uh, uh, social media marketing or um, community-based marketing, whatever you call it, where you're getting on uh, a screen in front of people that you either know or don't know Mm -hmm. and talking about a product that you love. I mean, you can talk about a movie that you love and it's socially acceptable. You talk about a product that you love and people think... You're a scam artist. Yeah, getting paid you know. for it. Exactly. Kind of like money. you're a scammer. It's just by working for the oil companies. Right, exactly. And well, so, I are, mean, there are an unfortunate number of people that are scam artists in those true. things. You know? That's so probably like, true, but that's, not, good, but, but that's mm-hmm. not me. I mean, yeah. that's just not. I, I think everybody should drink ketones because they're so amazing for your brain. I'm going to get some immediately. Yeah. <laughs> but they're just. They're, I, am not a, I am not easily swayed or sold. And so for me to believe so passionately in anything, it's real. You know, I mean, it, I mean, it's been real for me. All I can tell you is my experience. Mm-hmm. And then the experience of the customers that I've had who have had their lives literally change. And so um, it's amazing. And you, that, were, you and I were talking the other day actually about... Uh, like opiate people that have been addicted to opiates. Right. So there's a whole community of people that are former addicts that use ketones, that love ketones because it lights up their brain. Nice. Right? ADHD is the other one. You know, these these people that took ADHD meds growing up now don't take ADHD meds. They drink ketones and awesome. and they and they probably follow a keto diet. The keto diet, do you guys know where it came from? Are you guys familiar with hmm. I, you don't know? I just, so like it cool was developed in the late, early 1800s, I think in the 1820s, I may be mistaken, but in the 1800s at some point, I'll have to look it up, I don't remember now. <clears throat> that can't be right, because I think it was in the, well, I think it was 1900, around that time. Anyway, it was developed because there were children who had seizure disorders that 
were not they couldn't stop their seizures with medication and they they would they were doing studies on these kids and they found that if they didn't feed them they they would they would not have seizures. Starve the children. Right? See if that helps. Right. So, and, and these are kids with Stop irretractable moving. seizures. So seizures that did not react to medication. And so then they fed them the highest fat because our brains are fat. Right. The highest fat, lowest um, sugar diets they could feed these kids and still get them to grow and have a normal you know, brain development and, and body growth and that sort of thing and hit puberty and all of that. And it was the ketogenic diet. So it is a mm-hmm. medically documented. Now, I don't think that everybody... Anyway, it's a medically documented diet that, that has stood the test of time. Yeah. That is not why people are doing keto now. That's kind of um, fashionable. Right, but <laughs> it bit. should be. Yeah. I mean, not, not just for seizures. And I don't think that people need to be into a state of ketosis that is that deep. Like these, And these kids couldn't mess up. Like right. you could not go off your ketogenic diet because you would have a seizure. Well, ketosis so. and, and the keto diet are a little different, aren't they? Because the ketosis, you can't well, do ketosis. Well, there's ketosis and there's ketoacidosis. Okay. Like the ketosis is something that you, you just cut out carbs and all that stuff. And, and, and you will go into it. That's that's making ketones. But, it, but eventually you don't, you don't want to stay in that, that specific place. Well, I think the goal is to be metabolically flexible. And because I, okay. I think even our ancestors were were metabolically flexible. Like they primarily lived off of what they killed, right? Mm-hmm. And and they used the entire animal for, you know, the skins and the, you know, all the organ meats and the horns and the hooves and Haggis. Right. It, the bones. I mean it all got used. <clears throat> but that's how they primarily lived. They weren't there was no agriculture, so they would eat roots, you know. Um and if they came across a, a, a tree, like an apple tree, they, they would then they would then they would have apples. So mm-hmm. so they were primarily and, and they, they walked, you know, they, they moved, they hunted, yeah. they they, um, they didn't work, need to work out because their life was work. Exactly, their life was work, and they, you know, they didn't have washers and dryers. Even, you know, they they had a lot of stuff that they had to do and yeah. get done. You can't you can't put a deer hide in a washer, right? It exactly. Work very well. <laughs> <laughs> it so, shrinks them. They don't fit. They don't cover your junk anymore. It's a problem. <laughs> so anyway, they. That's um, how you became a bear bear. So we would have more. So they were they were more metabolically flexible, and 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 by that I mean you can go into ketosis rather easily, and you can come out of it when you you know eat that come upon that fruit tree. But but right, right. also apples this apples now are the size of your flipping head. They used to be the size of like plums or apricots. They were small, yeah. like more like crab apple size. But now we've modified them to be you know the size of dinner plates, and so you can eat an apple and have 120 carbs. Well, that's more than I want to eat in like four days. Right, right. So they should have seen bananas, right? Fuck, they had seeds right? and there were little fat right? things. So I have a question actually, since you're bringing up fruit. Because um, I'm, my, probably since I lived with you, Jeff, um, my diet's been pretty close to some form of keto. Like mm-hmm. I, I've been, I've gone through periods of being like strict no sugar, no bread. And then I've gone through periods of like mostly that, but I'll have a pizza once in a while kind mm-hmm. of shit, you know, and, and then I correct as needed. But I know that any, any processed sugar is essentially kind of poison for you. Sugar is poison. Period. Um, it's not me. But the, 
it's my understanding from just shit that I've read that sugar in fruit is metabolized differently than processed sugar. It's not. No. I mean, it all goes through your liver. Well, the fruit has fiber in it. That, that slows that, the absorption. Yeah, that's yes. It. That's the difference. That's why. Yeah. It, so, right. like blueberries, the blueberries have that. Um, well, they're low. They're lower sugar content. So I will eat blueberries on occasion, but <clears throat> they have that beautiful um, uh, skin. So the worst thing you can do to a blueberry is put it in a smoothie. <laughs> you should, if you're going to eat blueberries, you should it's eat them process. whole and chew them because because the skin on that blueberry slows down the absorption of the sugar into your bloodstream. When you macerate them, it's a mountain. It Dew, just goes straight into here. Now, don't get me wrong. I love a blueberry smoothie, but I don't drink them anymore. Um, mm. I'd rather eat a blueberry. But yeah, and same with a baked potato. Like if you're going to have a baked potato, you had best be putting butter, sour cream, bacon bits, like anything that has fat to slow down the absorption of that highly starch white flesh that tastes amazing. I also don't really eat potatoes anymore. But if I did, I would make sure that they were loaded. Just balanced out. Just balanced out slow, fat, yeah, you want to slow that absorption of that that starch and that sugar into your bloodstream as much as you can. I want to throw something at you. Uh, All right. So back to the biochemistry thing. One of the things that I kind of got from it was that there was five major poisons that we eat as people and it, there's all sorts of complex things to this but sugar white flour hydrogenated oils milk and uh, coffee was on that list too as a as a person. don't mess with my coffee man i know my wife is absolutely <laughs> a coffee aficionado and she's not a fan of that one but um but those things as white flour works in a similar way to how sugar works to the body and it ends up coming down to like a lot of insulin stuff like well, right. That's what it's all about. The whole yeah. goal of, of keto nowadays, or for me, I should say, um, is really about keeping the pancreas quiet. So you're, so when you eat sugar and carbs, um, your pancreas secretes insulin. And the job of insulin is to open your cells so they will accept the glucose, mm-hmm. right? Because you need glucose in all of your mm-hmm. cells to make your cells run and make them, you know, perform efficiently. And so without glucose, we would die. But your liver makes glucose. It's called gluconeogenesis. It is a biological process that happens to everybody, whether you're eating sugar or not. So it always happens. Um, So um, keeping your pancreas quiet, though, you want to secrete as little insulin as possible. So because your cells will get everything that they need. And and when so when people are getting into like type two diabetes or insulin resistance, it's because there's nowhere else like this. The insulin has opened the cells so many times. The cells are at capacity. They cannot accept any more glucose. So then they start putting it into your muscles. Mm-hmm. And then they start, to, and then it starts getting deposited into your liver. So we have more people with fatty liver disease, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease than we, when we've ever had. And it's based on... Doritos. Exactly. Donuts. You know all of the the star, Starbucks mochas. I'm not slamming Starbucks. When I le- when I learned about cells, I was like, I, I figured out some of the things that make up the the like the cell wall. And it, basically, my whole life, my cell walls had been my cell membrane was made of like cookie dough materials. Right. Basically, and it's like, well, that's why I'm getting sick. The the foundation of the cell to keep out the the thing has got holes in it because it's cookie dough. <laughs> I shouldn't probably make my cells out of cookie dough. No, but probably not. One of the things I learned was basically like. Almost all sickness, all sickness is cell malfunction. It's yeah. your cells malfunction, and they malfunction of two ways. 
there's like 60, 55, 60 things that every cell requires. Most of our diets in America don't have that in the West. But basically either if you're getting sick, you either don't have enough of a nutrient that you need or you have too much of something that isn't a nutrient that your cells are, you know, replacing cookie dough instead Mm -hmm. of, you know, (laughs) omega-3s or whatever. So that is that what you would i mean that's that's kind of what i got from biochemistry was like if you want to be healthy you want healthy cells so if you want healthy cells you find the 55 60 things that your body needs you try and find the right right ratio for them are you talking about like the 37 nutrients is that what you're referring to well they're literally like yeah it's like 60 different i thought it was like 37 well for in your cells from what i understand it's between 55 and 60 different things it's more of a question but that's the thing like a lot of people will find uh I remember there's a lot of quacks in this too, where they're like vitamin C, you just take a bunch of vitamin C cause you're missing that. And it's like, no, cause you're probably missing. Cause you get plenty of vitamin C really in your life. Like it's probably some weird B thing that you don't have or some maybe yeah, omega three, omega nine. Yeah. yeah. You're not getting yeah. enough of something. So yeah, I know it takes work to eat a, a balanced diet because does. you know, our, our soils are so depleted that our vegetables don't have the, the micronutrients that mm-hmm. they had you know, 30 years ago and 50 years ago, whatever farming is just so different now that we've lost a lot of that. On top of people not eating those things anymore. Well, and that's, that's, that's the truth. I mean, our diets as Americans are, are terrible and I could go on and on and on about how bad they are. But, um, and that kind of goes back to the food pyramid. I mean, the food pyramid is really upside down and and it is and yeah. if and you'd want to talk about you know if there's you essentially i mean you are what you eat and mm-hmm. so yes you're any any illness can lead, to, can lead to <laughs> can lead to um i mean you can have i can't remember what i was saying Sorry. yes <laughs> You are what you our, eat. Our, you are what you eat, and our food, our diet is crappy, and it can really just. Um, we're also not eating for our health. We're eating. We're eating for for pleasure. Yes. And out of habit, and because we're addicted, and so the tiny bit of dopamine we get when we have a Snickers, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, we have a society that celebrates everything with alcohol and food. Right, and so, sure. and I'm not opposed to celebrating. I mean, sure. I think that that's important and ritual is important in, mm-hmm. in, you know, families and, and but maybe not a around the holidays. Cake, you know, right. I mean, I don't know. I don't even think cake's bad every once in a while. Like that's maybe, my thing. Maybe too. every day shouldn't be a ritual. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Every day should not be a ritual, but, but we are, who would even know, who even knows what wellness is because, because people are making themselves so sick by the choices they make every day. Mm-hmm. Even you if know. they look healthy too, that's right? A lot of people, are right? Oh, there's a healthy. lot of skinny, fat people. I mean, there's like eighty-eight percent, eighty-eight percent of, and this was pre-COVID. Eighty-eight percent of Americans had a metabolic, uh, were metabolically unhealthy. That's so that's, right. you know, like a a, a, a diastolic, systolic, yeah. Systolic blood pressure over 140, so that's your top number. Um, a waist measurement over 34, I think, if you're a woman, and 37 if you're a man. Nice, just squeaked um, into that. I'm 36. <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling good, um, too. <laughs> like, a, 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 I can't even remember all the things, but there were five, five 
things that they tested, you know, people on, and 88% of them pre-COVID um, were unhealthy. And I think that's really scary, and that's yeah. really sad. And, and and then 2020 happened, and everybody could only shop at Walmart, so they're like, oh, there's no real food here, so it probably got worse. Right. Well, the other thing they did was that they, you know, they wanted to support their local restaurants. And right. so they, like Uber Eats and um, all those food um Sending services, delivery delivery services, did not do anything to improve the American diet. When we should have been... Nor did closing down gyms. Walking outside. Yeah, exactly. Going... I mean, so don't go to a gym. Walk outside. Right. You know, you couldn't do that without a mask, although I didn't know that, so I did it anyway. Um, But we should have been cooking at home. And I mean, that was our chance, right? Cook at home. um, Make your own meals. And and get your exercise and it just and in, and instead what happened was daycares were closed so people are trying to work from home with screaming toddlers and barking dogs and homeschooling and homeschooling <laughs> and then they was. and then they couldn't get to the grocery store so they you know so they ordered out all the time like I get it I understand why it happened but it it's a shame it didn't have to be that way uh, I don't want to sound like off base here or anything but i was watching i was doing research on disneyland for this Mm. week's show that seems off topic but i was watching a bunch of videos i don't know why i thought this i I remember seeing uh, a meme where it showed people from i think 50s 60s on the beach and it was just skinny healthy people they were hairy but skinny they were very hairy short shorts (laughs) like you like i still am (laughs) but i saw this video of of disneyland disney world and it was just Main Street, and it was thousands of people walking, and it was just a guy holding a camera, and I was just trying to get like what it looks like because I'm pretending I'm there and stuff. And there wasn't anybody in shape there. Very, very few. In shape in, or out of shape? They were, everyone was out of shape. Oh. Like, big time. This is a recent picture. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, this, yeah. Was, yeah, this was absolutely... The, the today like, picture. Yeah, this was yeah. 2022 kind of thing. And mm-hmm. it just dawned on me. It's like, man, we are... Like, this is a big sample study. I mean, it might just be this group of people who go here, but I like Disneyland and da 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 it was just kind of strange because that same kind of thing where there are thousand people on the beach, they were all in some kind of shape, like a pretty good shape for today. And considering how good a shape people can get in and with all the technology and stuff, it was mind blowing to see yeah. that Disney was like, well, there's still a decay unha- on the other unha- side unha- of that shit too, because there's things that were then considered to be agricultural waste that are now <laughs> being, being pumped into like, <laughs> food products of ours that they have no business being in. I mean, we're corn, going on corn, corn syrup. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Is <laughs> he wanted to get to it 20 minutes ago, <laughs> you know, but, but you know what I mean? Right? Like this, and it's all profit driven bullshit, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. just like, Oh, well, we, they made a food we, pyramid. Instead of, instead of pay, instead of us paying to get rid of this waste, we're being paid some pennies for it, but fucking whatever. We're still, you know, when you have barrels and barrels and barrels of this shit, yeah. we're getting paid to essentially dispose of it. And then it's just getting worked into cheap food products. Yeah. And, and, and then we're paying for it. We're paying, we're paying for it for twice. It, yeah. we're, paying, we're paying to eat it. Mm-hmm. And then we're paying the, the, for the consequences that we suffer because of it. And somebody had said Which to me, trillions. yeah, somebody had said to me, I mean, it's brilliant if you think about it. It is it, brilliant. You're and, right. and, 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 a, and, a, and a healthy patient, you know, reaps no revenue. I was just going to bring that up earlier. Yeah. They're, they're the product half. The, yeah. I yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I can be very cynical, but it's, but it's, it's true because the information is out there. People just need to have to, they need to find it. But, but uh, you know, we, we have to, a lot of us huge. have to fall 
a lot of us have yeah. to hurt and, and really have to be at the bottom to, to yeah. pour ourselves I, up. I find it interesting. Here's my sister who's been a nurse for, I don't know, since uh, Jesus was born. And, 1989. <laughs> that wasn't that long ago. <laughs> and, uh, Below the belt. Foul. <laughs> you know, and, you know, yeah, family loves her job, but still sees all the errors of the ways of the medical community. Mm-hmm. You know, just like I was in law well, enforcement. Well, I probably see but, him better. Right. Yeah, but, right. you know, and being in law enforcement, it's like, yeah, I really see the, the errors of the ways of the government yeah. in, in trying to help people how fucked up they are. Yeah. We're just kids. None of us are adults. There are no adults. Einstein was the smartest guy at his time. He was not an adult. Uh, Sir Francis Bacon was not an adult. Cool uh, name, Isaac, Isaac Newton never had sex in his life. He died a virgin, but he's this, you know, he invented calculus. We're all children. There are no fucking people who have any idea what the fuck's going on here. We don't know why we're here. We don't know what the purpose is of why we're here. We're just throwing shit at the wall, hoping it sticks. But ketones are important. So let's, let's. ketones are important. And avoid sugar. Well, and, and avoid sugar. We're not. We're not really taught anything. I mean, at least I wasn't. I'm the youngest person at this table, which would you would let's think? Which you would think we had some. We had at least more resources available when I was in primary school and secondary school for them to be like here's what we know about nutrition so that you're not, no, you you're the not food fucking pyramid. yourself over <laughs> and it's like no i was i was taught little to nothing of any real substance right. of how to fucking take care of my body everything that i know which i'm still not an expert obviously but everything that i know about health and nutrition and personal fitness was shit that i have had to teach myself right you know and so true. And, and that's that's fucking shitty especially when on the other side of that coin they're going out of their way to poisonous for the sake of their profit Dude. these these industries and the these, other one you had you know you had talked about was um something about oils would you say hydrogenated that? oils Hi, well or seed oils in general mm-hmm. i just did a live on my show or on my page that was all about seed oils and um there's like sunflower safflower canola corn um Oh, there's a couple Cotton others. Seed, coconut. Oh, yeah. coconuts. Co- the Coconut's only ones bigger. I use yeah. are co- in cooking and, and in life. Coconut oil. Olive oil. Um, olive oil and avocado olive oil. Coconut. And that's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And the rest, like like canola oil. Have you ever... Canola oil makes me sick almost immediately when I eat it. If you want to find some... If you want to watch a really... You want to know why. Watch. There's a couple YouTubes on how canola oil is made. Mm. And it literally is this slimy sludge that they pull off of the equipment and then they bleach it a thousand times and it's that agricultural and they have waste it I was talking in, about. <laughs> do you know why it was originally created canola to, oil to use as fuel I think for for lubrication vehicle, yeah. for mechanical parts yeah, oh, yeah, okay. sexy t- oh yeah <laughs> I remember they were going to use it in cars no, that's to that. fuel it yeah. to a bottle right yeah. there that's the same thing as sex oil <laughs> so it's it's well, I, the whole food investigate system what is put, you put in your face. What? Investigate what you put in your face. Right. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> She's like, what the fuck? Yeah, I know. I say, I say things very crudely. I've been very good today. I must. No. You've been well behaved. Actually. I haven't said yeah. the c word once. I haven't said fuck. Oh yeah, time. you guys haven't. I was warned. Okay, cunt, 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 cunt. Okay. <laughs> and then we went completely Australian. We have fucking. to hit our quota. <laughs> I, I do. I have another question. I hope they didn't cut you off on a thought that you had. I know. I, no, I was I, just saying. I tripped I, you out for a second. No, seed oils are. So the other reason I do, or the other benefit that I've noticed from doing keto is 
decrease inflammation and inflammation you're talking about like the root of all sickness i i really think inflammation is huge in there is it b6 we get too much b6 is that what it is and you have to counter it with b12 or one or the other it has one that has to do with one of the b vitamins for inflammation yeah oh i have no idea all i know is that is that if i eat inflammatory foods like sugar um i have a um arthritis in this joint and on my finger and it um, aches like crazy if I eat too much sugar. Like like this one stupid little joint controls my whole life. Um, <laughs> it's it's insane. I know that vibe. But 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 inflammation really is like going back to that gut brain axis. You know, I mean, putting improper things in your gut leads to inflammation all over your body all over your body mm-hmm. and then we get sick yep. and there are so many sick people right now and a crumbling medical system and a food pyramid that is absolutely upside down because somebody lobbies for sugar and somebody else lobbies for grain mm-hmm. and neither of those things need to be in our bodies yeah. i wonder if that's why we're, we're able to buy the dumbest possible propaganda in the history of mankind so easily Today. They used to advertise really cigarettes. They, doctors used to advertise cigarettes. True, but, we, but they're fun, and relax. a doctor told them it was cool. So it's like, yeah. that's they not necessarily... You, they make you look really badass, yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> I have one more question before we, we okay. kick out of here. Um, and I was, you know, I was studying biochemistry at the time when my mom went through some stuff, uh, bef- way before she died. But I went in there, and I was kind of a dick about it. That's why I wanted to ask. But Because uh, I, I, I listened to a doctor talk to my mom, and not one time did he ask her about her nutrition, what put what she put in her body. And I was blown away by that because I was studying what, it, what I think is the key to the health of the human body is right. knowing what your cells are doing. And I was wondering, I was like, as so I looked into it, and it's, there's not a lot of nutrition training for a doctor. With all that doctor's medical school, mm-hmm. they don't spend that much time in nutrition. And yet, like the biochemistry is like the key. Mm-hmm. And they spend time in biochemistry depending on what they're in. And you have to know some just to get through medical school. But... Has it changed at all? Are, are people no. looking at... No? Fucking no? No. I mean, it really hasn't. And what's really, oh! what's really sad is that even dietitians are taught taught to to educate toward the um, food pyramid. And one thing that was... No! Yeah. Wow. It's backwards. It's really sad. And so one of the things... To, no, don't eat bugs. <laughs> one of the things that has happened over my pretty long career is back in the early 90s, and I don't know exactly when it changed... When people would get diagnosed with diabetes, we would tell them, well, you have to eat a low-carb diet. This is just what you do. You're now counting carbs. This is, of course, way before apps and all of that you know, on your mm-hmm. phone that would calculate all that for you. So it was a lot of looking up things and memorizing you know, that uh, you know, a cucumber, a half a cup of cucumber has however many carbs it has. And, and they became carb counters. And, and, that's, and then they, they based their insulin doses on how many carbs they ate per meal. And they were given a, a goal. You should aim for, you know, 30 or whatever uh, carbs per meal and maybe two 20 carb snacks or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure of the, of the exact numbers. However, so at some point in my career, diabetes education completely changed. And now they say, eat whatever you want and you're just going to cover it with insulin. So, but as a, right, and so that's what people do, and so we wonder. So, what happens when you when you oversecrete insulin? What follows insulin is fat. Where insulin goes, fat goes, mm-hmm. and so that's why people that ha- often have often have type two di- diabetes are also heavy. Not always, not one hundred percent of the time, right. but um, and then they tell them to start insulin, which makes them put on more weight. So, 
It's it's it it's does backwards. it's counterintuitive. I mean, it's there's people out there though. Like, it is there there is a big low carb movement. There's um there was just a, a seminar in um, Colorado that I would have loved to have gone to, um, but they have you know there's some low carb doctors out there. There are you just you have to find them or doctors that will respect your decision to be low carb or keto without why, giving. Why you, aren't they? Like it, it feels kind of corrupt. Because that seems pretty obvious. Well, to the again, public too, a healthy like, patient wow. makes no money. Yeah, that's that's. I and thought that I know, was it's the truth, cynical. and that sucks so much. And, and it's, it's going to really, put Nabisco like, out of business. Yeah, well, and there's there's Fuck things them. there's things that you can do. Like I so growing up, my I had uh, hypoglycemia. I had doctors tell me that when I was just a little kid, like when I was a baby, if it would go if I go too long without being fed, I would just start screaming my head off, and mm-hmm. as soon as I eat fine again mm. you know i remember in elementary you are a moody, school hungry guy I remember in elementary school i'd go if i went for for too long without eating i would i'd start getting tunnel vision and like cold sweats and i'd shake and I'd, i just would like my mood would just dip and as soon as i eat something i was good mm. and so i i kind of grew up dealing with that and then my mom ended up developing diabetes and my dad is still, I mean, I don't know. I actually haven't asked him about it in a long time, but he was hypoglycemic for my entire childhood. And he's kind of, he's just like, he always had a jar of peanut butter because mm-hmm. I was, he would just like take a scoop of peanut butter. He's like, oh, I'm good to go. You know, so, oils. yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, yeah. Little, His cell walls are made out of protein, peanut butter, yeah. but, um, God, Adam's crunch is so good. <laughs> and that's only peanuts and salt. It's a good one. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but in the last several years of my life, I've it's gone away completely and it's just been because of like I was looking at the writing on the wall and I'm like well I don't want to end up with diabetes or have to deal with this shit all the time so I just adjusted my diet to the point where now I can I can go for days without eating if I want to fast and I'm perfectly fine as long as I'm drinking water yeah and uh you know but it's it it's that old saying a a teaspoon of prevention is worth an ounce of cure yeah it's like you don't I I, I pay so much attention when I'm in the grocery store because I've watched my journey in the grocery store go from my early 20s when it was just all the packaged side of the grocery store you it's know next like to pepsi cans Somehow of food pepsi pouches way. of food boxes of food right and then now when i go to the grocery store i barely leave the produce side of the store you shop the, the outside you know? perimeter. yeah exactly yeah and then and then i get to, and it's and i'm the odd man out when i do that when i'm in the mm-hmm. store like I, I went to fred meyer uh last week and I, I got up there and I'm looking at the stack ahead of me and it's the kind of shit you'd expect. All boxes. You know, cookies, right. chips, boxes, right. bags. And you feel weird. Boxes of individually packaged items. And then I'm there, you know, with all of my fucking produce and It's rolling all over and, the place because yeah. you don't put and it then, in a bag. The, that guy's like, what a soy boy. And then the, <laughs> and then the fucking check, stout, the check stand person that was doing bagging like looked at all my stuff and they were like, Man, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of refrigerated items here. I'm like, yeah, that's because they're not supposed to last that long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was talking about inflammation real quick. I was talking about inflammation. It's uh, God, I kind of wrote this down. I think we we have too much omega six, I believe it is, in our diet. Oh, omega six fats, which yeah, causes us to be infl- inflamed. Mm-hmm. So and you should three. take I mean, the, the, and not the enough omega three, four right? So you need effect, to, the ratio is supposed to be one to one. Yeah. There's a thing called Udo's oil that I always, when I was trying to eat biochemically correct, Udo's oil has a pretty good ratio of three, six, and nine uh, mega fats, and it's like, it, or I, you can eat fish. That's it. Wild that's what it fish. is. That's mm-hmm. what it is. It's fish right. oil, basically. So yeah. But. Oh, and the other thing is, you want to reduce reduce your uh, cortisol levels. Uh, men uh, our age, not quite your age yet, uh, take magnesium and vitamin C before you go to bed. And meditate. 
Shit, yeah, that's what I do. Or smoke a big fat bowl. Big fatty, big fatty bowl. It's immediate <laughs> meditation. No. I'm, I meditate almost every day now. Like I've, always, I've always, I've always dabbled. <laughs> I meditate I, once. I didn't really. You know, like I him. quit smoking weed years ago. <laughs> I, know, I, I like not because <laughs> I wanted to, but it just, I just listened to my body. Yep. Same with coffee. I love coffee. I miss coffee, but I haven't, I haven't drank coffee for Thank years. Thank you, sister, for just, laughing at my <laughs> stupid joke. Doesn't agree it. with me. <laughs> I was, a, I was listening to the speaker. What's going on? <laughs> oh, I said I, 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 I you're talking about meditating. I said I meditate once. I didn't really like him. So <laughs> it was really dumb. It was bad. That it didn't was, deserve acknowledgement. I'm glad we had to hear it twice yeah. <laughs> i only know one tate no, i guess i know two tates okay all right well i think we have definitely had ourselves a ride thank you so much for being here this was a lot of fun you're eating food don't talk <laughs> <laughs> she says thank you back uh zach's practicing to be a waiter how is everything <laughs> don't let me know just leave me a big tip later first time i ate i took a bite of a sausage it's keto it's and it's bare all right well how do they get a hold of us guys What's the email? It's at uh, it's just a ride pod at gmail.com. Where do they find our merch? They can find our merch at skatcast.com. And where's a good place to support what we do? That would be patreon.com forward slash just a ride pod. And so, just share the show. And share the show. Share yeah. the show. Share, like, subscribe. If you guys, it, every time you guys write those reviews, that helps us so much too. It actually puts us up in rankings. And as you guys know, uh, listen to the, the, uh, Thing that we do in Patreon, we've got a couple big companies that are asking to advertise with us now, which is kind of yep. cool. So and we want to be the very best, very best one. Okay, but you know, one of them actually competes with one of my companies because we sell beard and ball hair oil for humans, Ooh, and they do as well. Conflict of interest. So I don't know, but I do like money. We can have a ball so we'll oil off. One. A ball yeah. oil off. That's not, uh, we got bigger balls. We're making, than we're you. making a porn, right? Is that what I'm getting? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happening anymore. I've lost complete control of my mind. <laughs> But uh, all right, you guys, thank you for being here. Thank you to our, our trusted turd triad, Don the Shipbox Wizard, and Chris the Discord Dookie Slayer, and Bodie the Quartermaster. Thank you to the Godhead and to the Garbage Disposal. Uh, thank you to all the groups that are out there sharing stuff and doing cool shit for Scatcast, smearing the scat. And extra big thank you to our patrons on Patreon. Huge thank you. And thank you to the Fat Cats, uh, all of you guys, and the Scatcast one as well. We appreciate you. Uh, thank you, Jennifer. You're welcome. It was so fun. We, I, I want to come back. I was going to say, I guarantee <laughs> the listeners are going to want to hear you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Guaranteed. I can feel it. And one last time, where can they find you for all your stuff and things? Oh, that's so awesome. So I am Ketogenics on Instagram. I am the Keto RN. Um, Jen Keto RN. Je- right? Yeah. Je- yeah. Jen the Keto RN for Facebook. I also have a blog. I didn't mention my blog. Uh, all the recipes that I do and... Um, that is also www.jentheketorn.com. Awesome. And then your and business. yeah, there's um, if you get on my website, there are links to um, my ketones. But really, you'll get the best service if you just put a message in my box and you can like and follow my page. Please awesome. see you guys. Hit that thing like crazy. Get there as fast as you can. Right. And just like just like with these two guys, this is the time that. My sister and I get to see each other because, I mean, yeah. I happened to see you last week, but first time I hardly yeah. ever see you. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll have to have you back for sure. It's I would a, love it. It's been be a great. blast. Yeah. All right. And as always, we'll talk at you in the future. It'll, It'll seem like the present. present. Bye. Bye. See ya. Bye, everyone. It's just a ride. Oh, it's just a ride. Bing bong. 
Oh, that was short and sweet. That was perfect. (laughs) Teamwork.